We're back. It's a TVB. You know you missed us. We missed you. We can't wait to tell you things. Like May, I got married. In July, I turned 32. <laughs> you old fuck. <laughs> and this is our Super Summer Special. Welcome back, guys. We promise we will never be away for this long again. Because we are married and old and fat and ready to tell you some stories from the summer. Speaking of fat, I'm also sassy. So come here and spank molasses. TVBs! Oh my goodness. So, fun fact, we recorded that track, um, Improved, and... Improv uh, and instrumental should be our new jam. Yeah, improv and the instrumentals. If you want to see a full episode dedicated to that, <laughs> go ahead and link down below. Oh my god. And if you have an instrumental you want us to personally produce, <laughs> we've got you. Send it our way. We have no clue what it'll sound like, but we've got you. We've got you, and we are. I can't believe we're back. It feels so weird to like actually be recording again yeah. after our small hiatus. Yeah. I mean, we did take a summer break. It's been about two months since we've recorded um, episodes. Has it been that long? I think so. I think so. Wow. I could look on, um, we are available on iTunes, so I'm going to go ahead and oh, yeah. look at us. On um, basically all streaming June 26th platforms. was the last um, episode. That's when we did Buzz season six. Holy smokes. I mean, episode six, not season six. Yeah, we have been on a summer hiatus, but for good reason. Very good reason. Why don't you start? Okay, well, uh, TVB listeners, um, I'm sure you probably are well aware and have already seen our videos. There was investigative journalism happening. Yes, but I am a married woman, okay? Like, this is so strange to say out loud because I really haven't been speaking to anyone due to this quarantine, so... Being able to say, like, I'm a wife out loud feels, like, really powerful, but also very strange, um, but, like, super cool. And I'm, like, very, like, happy. Um, unfortunately, we had to postpone our, like, big celebration to 2021, and if people don't start wearing their damn masks, might be yeah. postponed even longer. Wear your masks. Wear your masks, because people want to get back to work. People want to get back to, like producing live events again like weddings and such so I mean I was at the wedding and I was very impressed with how everything was done at the church from getting our temperatures checked to them making us do like the hand sanitizer to all of us that were like a part of the wedding party being in a separate room and you know guys I think there was what 12, there was 13 12. people there. Unfortunately, now, because of, like, new COVID measures, I don't believe that um, you could even get married indoors currently because no. we're back into, like, phase one of, like, however many phases we're about. But we were lucky and fortunate enough to, like, catch that window of being able to have an indoor ceremony of 12 or less people. And we had, I want to call it, like, a mini-money. Yeah. Because it was it was, it was honestly perfect. It was perfect. It had like all of our like well closest family. My family is very small. Corey, my fiance's family, is very large, but because of the restrictions, we were only able to have like you know his sister, his sister. kids, brother-in-law, yeah. uh, father. Yeah, and, and for you TVB yeah. listeners, um, spoiler alert: Ryan is our officiant for well 2021. Fingers crossed. I am, but. 
I this time you still included me in the party, and I had the honor of walking your mom down the aisle. Yes, which was, and was so Ryan, nice. you have the honor of. Okay, another spoiler alert. We'll post photos um, on Instagram because we haven't done that yet. But Ryan did my hair and makeup and made me look like a true queen. And as you all know, I am a drag queen. So I had a lot of <laughs> clothing. So she's actually also wearing oh my, my gosh! dress, How my shoes, and some oh, of my jewelry. Jewelry, too. Something... Borrowed something blue. blue. Something new, something else. Something, yeah, something <laughs> else. But basically, like, my whole wedding was, I guess, sponsored by Orchid And I Queen. made the bouquet. Oh, my gosh. The bouquet, the boutonnieres. The bouquet and Except the for Corey's, but yeah. my dad wore one of the boutonnieres to mm-hmm. fell off Carly, yeah. who is my maid of honor. Um, but yeah, so who basically... Who you might remember from season one when we talked about Below Deck. Below Deck and Vanderpump? No. Uh, there was another... T- bravo. Bravo compilation. Bravo, bravo, bravo. And bravo to you. No, honestly, And bravo beautiful. to you. Um, and so, yeah. To- and we were segregated in a room to prep for it. Mm-hmm. And then when... I finally went into the chapel when I walked your mom in. Like, all of the chairs were six feet apart, mm-hmm. and it just seemed very intimate. And It was very intimate and Everything lovely. was just perfect. And so and because then, of COVID, we were having two weddings. And then, because the banquet was, of course, in your parents' backyard, we didn't have to risk being around any different people that were already around there. And yeah. Her father <laughs> is one of the best home chefs that's I Shout put, out to Phil Jackalone. Presumably untrained in cooking professionally. Trained by his mother, aka well, Nona. I'm in the same boat yeah. as that. And Which is always like, like untrained, but the best training. The school of hard knocks, no matter what. Like yeah. apprenticeships or just learning from your parents mm-hmm. is the best way to go with anything, I think. And um, I was very honored because your dad said that he never customizes any plate Never, for ever. And... Princess Gina <laughs> requested um, chicken parmesan, and I'm allergic to tomatoes. And he made me one that didn't have the marinara sauce, and it was just cheese and chicken. And let me tell you, fried chicken with oh cheese God, on top, so I was good. I mean, it was ch- chicken parmesan's my favorite food, but the way my dad makes it is just so special. And I know for like 100% facts, like, Growing up, he hated customizing everything that I would say. Like, uh-huh. oh, we'll have the scrambled eggs instead. And my dad would be like, well, that's not on the menu. So I think I just learned to, like, adapt. Um, but then dating Corey early on, like, he's a very picky eater. He can eat tomatoes, but, like, he doesn't like eggplant, for example. And my dad makes amazing eggplant parmesan. And so he would come over, and my dad would make this beautiful meal that, as you could see from being over after the ceremony it's like it's very it's a very long process there's a lot of love that's involved but a lot of days of prep work and you know this as a cook ryan already but like my dad was so happy to like do that for you whereas if someone's gonna sit down and like be like i don't like eggplant my dad's gonna be like I'm sorry, and you're marrying my daughter? So the reason that Gina mentions that I'm a cook is not only do I cook, but I also host very large 
parties and I cater it myself. Mm-hmm. So I prep for days doing it and then spend all morning before people arrive at three or four. And then when they arrive and just no, and, sometimes, <laughs> and then sometimes they arrive early and they're like, I'm here to help you. I'm like, you're like, I no, don't need help. I need you to sit don't down. Right? And then they're like, where's the bar? I'm like, I literally have nothing set up. I haven't even showered. I'm still cooking for the event. This happened at my 30th birthday See, party. See, that is like the worst feeling and when people come And then my cousin, early. I'm not going to mention names, but my cousin and my uncle, uh, they showed up like an hour and a half early and I knew that all they came there to do was probably, you know, have a cocktail and blah, blah, blah. And ultimately they were in my way. I was like, you guys need to be in that room and pretend like everything's not starting. And so now when I invite the family to things, I actually, well, first of all, I hate group texts. And so I send a group text. Don't include me. And I say, um, hey, I'm including you all in this. Please don't reply if you have any questions. And then people reply all regardless of saying that. No, but they listen to me because they know because I'm also the one who um, is like, please don't include me in group texts. And like the whole, like last time I said that, like a week or two ago, because one of my cousin's weddings got canceled, um, the conversation completely stopped after I said that. I was like, please don't include me in group texts. And then somebody said... um, it might be easier to remove yourself than saying that with a smiley face. And I have no clue who sent it because it's a number that I don't have saved. Ugh. And I said, I tried doing Gladly. that or I wouldn't have done it. And then they go, LOL, right. He he. It's, uh, it's, um, they're Android users in here too. And I was like, yeah, smiley face. I was being real fucking petty about it. But don't put me in group text. So anyhow, I send these things out. But I also know the point of this whole story. A few of my cousins are uh, vegetarian. And mm. a few of my uh, – one of my aunts has a has a nut thing. So I always make something separate for them specifically when they're coming over. And, and that's so, very kind. And and I thought that your dad was very kind for doing that for Especially, me. Especially, like, you're entering a Sicilian household where, like, tomato sauce and tomatoes are, like, very just, like, meal forward. And my dad, like, includes probably tomatoes in really everything that he does. And I really don't think that he would do that for anybody except, like, no. me, Carly, Alana, Claire. Yeah, only, like, the core group. And so welcome to the and family. We've all, yeah, and we've all <laughs> known each other for, like, 20 Close to 20 and mm-hmm. 20 plus years. Yeah. And but like the fact that he did that is just like um, the meet the fuckers where he's like, mm-hmm. welcome to the inner circle. And he finally yeah. makes it at the end into the circle. And I got a seat at the table. Oh, yeah. Ryan <laughs> finally got a seat at the table. But long story short, I got married and uh, Ryan was there every step of the way, literally every step of the way, even like driving over there. And oh, our crown round shots. We basically took, oh God. Corey has a family tradition. Um, crown, uh, crown Royal is their drink of choice for the family. And their fun, fun fact about them is they like to do crown rounds, which is basically just like a shot of crown, but they like to do it in large groups. And basically instead of just saying like, want a shot of crown, they're like, let's take a crown round. So it's not just like one person <laughs> taking it by themselves. So we did one in the church parking lot. That was the first thing I did as a married woman. Well, no, the first thing that you did was take about, I don't know, 17 million pictures. Oh, yeah. Well, that was my mother. That was your <laughs> and mother. Heather. And Heather. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to say Heather, but yes, it was Heather. So 
So, yeah, two people. But and then your mother, Ryan, I need your phone. I'm going to take a picture of you on your phone. And I'm like, okay. And then, like, Peter, who's three years old, had a camera. I mean, everyone. Can, I, we, can we post a, let's post a group picture. Oh, yeah. Of the wedding. Okay, we're going to write down a couple of the posts that we're going to do. But... We've gotten smart. We write down what we're going to post now because <laughs> yes. we rarely post. I apologize for that, actually. We rarely post. We rarely what we post what we say post. we're going to, but we started to write things down. So that way, at the end of the episode, when we're all buzzed and happy, we can remember, oh, yeah, we said we were going to post photos from the wedding. And then let's p- post um, me wearing your wedding dress and then you wearing yes. your wedding dress. Yes, and then you can tell us who wore it best. Yeah, who wore it best. We'll put it on the story. <laughs> yes, I love. <laughs> With a vote. Well, we know oh Oregon Queen's going to win, but it's okay. <laughs> I looked like an alien that week. Um, I do have one more thing, last thing to say about the wedding. So, um, well, I guess my brother-in-law, I can say now, right? Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm so used to saying, like, Corey's brother-in-law. Yeah. But so my brother-in-law, too, um, he was taking photos with, like, a Canon or some camera. He was, like, our quote-unquote photographer of the day. Um, some of my faces in the background, I was like, oh, this so good. <laughs> he ended up taking, like, 1,100 photos, which, like, I finally got through, like, all of them. And my dad, so I sent this link on... I think it's, like, a Google Drive to my parents. And my mom had to, like, set up her own email in order to, like... First of all, she had been wanting to set up her own email away from my dad to do whatever Wait, she Wait, have they shared one? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They've shared one from AOL. What was it called? Just P. Jacqueline. Like, just oh something gosh. super simple. Um, which is my dad's name anyway. So my mom was just, like, really excited to, like, Phil create her own account. Phil begins with an F. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Phil. Um, so my mom, like, used this as, A, to get her own email. But, B, my mom, like, looks at all photos, like, and examines them. And this is why she's not my Facebook friend. Because she, like, zooms in and will be like, you should have painted your nails. Or, like, oh god, I can't believe you. You know, like, she just finds these things. She would read things. me with these nails, huh? Yeah, she finds these things legitimately in all photos that I'm like okay well I can't send her this photo because no one's wearing a mask in the background um aka a recent a recent event that we went to oh, yeah. but um anywho well y'all went to I yeah didn't Ryan was not there but so the point of this is that um my parents looked through 1100 of these photos and with my mom it probably took days because days. she like I said looks at every detail but the final like thing she that they had to say. Oh my god, my dad <laughs> funny you should say that. Um we could do a a side by side because there's an album cover of Led Zeppelin that my dad was like, This is your mother at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and he like I'll we'll do a side by side, you guys, because this is so funny. I thought my mom's hair looked really good, but then because my dad said it looked like this album cover, and we have it at our house, and I sent it to my dad, it's just epic. Gina and I were roasting. Oh yeah, we were definitely roasting because there's just family members that say things and do things that are super out of pocket, but we love them. But you know, sometimes after a while, you're you're like, okay, can you just like say one compliment to me? Um, but anyway, so my dad goes. My mom's like, oh, these are, like, really beautiful because they were. There were a lot of, like, out of the 1,100, there's probably, like, 10 that are super special, unique, and just, like, lovely photos. But my dad's like, 
you would think that you and Ryan got married because there are so <laughs> many photos of Ryan and I, like, back-to-back, prom pose. And then there's, like, ones with, like, Carly and Jake, who was the best man. And there's, like, but honestly, there's so many photos of Ryan, and I think it's because the person taking the photos really adores you. Yeah, <laughs> I hold a special place in Andrew's But there's definitely heart. more photos of Ryan than there are of, like, my mom, for example, and my dad, and really, like, just the Jackalones all together that it was just, it's now this running joke that, like, none of the photos that were taken of, of my parents or, like, our side of the family, and it's really just Ryan and the roses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll post some later. It's just super funny. But, yeah, so Ryan is now not only... Only uh, honorary member of the Jackalones, but of the Roses yeah. as well. And Equa. Equa, Rose, Jackalone. Three last names there. I mean, you're practically my wife in a sense. Yeah. Corey's dad. <laughs> he, Cat he, daddy. No, because like Corey will come out and we're just both like. Can you go back? Yeah, <laughs> Dad, you can't hang out with us hey, right now. Oh yeah, her. but we still adore the fuck out you of you guys. Them. We even got. Oh, I forgot to bring that over. We even got and like on air. We're recording a door hanger. So when like Corey comes home from work or just like wants to talk to us, if we have that on the door, like he knows better. Yeah. Even though he still walks in anyway, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. He doesn't really care. I was it last episode or the episode? <laughs> no, like before? two the Hollywood episode. The Hollywood episode. He literally like laid down on the bed and he was like going on and on about We've got to add a rest of the honey hive. Yeah, totally. Oh I like that. Our honey hive. We have some honorary members. Um Shout out to SK, Mora, Carlin, Jake, and Corey. Yes. And, and, that's... and Claire. And Claire for the, <laughs> the, the Colin. That was amazing. Oh, and Alana. Oh. Sorry. Redact that. Yeah, we can't we can't mention that um currently. Okay. So um the wedding was beautiful. Um, all of our dearest people were there with us. And then about a week later, I turned 32. Woo! I turned 32 years old. And our good friend, that is old. Carlin, promised me years ago that for one of my birthdays, she's going to treat me to a <laughs> night out at the casino. She chose the quarantine 32. She chose the quarantine 32, but it was honestly perfect because... Carly and I both have been quarantined, like, not to air her business out there, but she's been personally affected by COVID-19 and about the three or four The only person really ways. that can truly, like, attest and talk about it, I think, in, like, our friend group, besides, like, people it's being her. like, I'm scared. It's like, no, she can actually, yeah. you know. She, she treats the people and she may or may have not experienced it herself. Yes. Um, and she is healthy and thriving. She's healthy and beautiful and she's thriving and vibing. And she even was thriving while having it. Yeah, like it, it, I, I, she got diagnosed on her birthday. I don't know if it was on or before. Either way, like, we love you so much. And if you hear this, which you probably will... We don't mean to air your business out there, but we know people that have been yes. affected by this. So any trips that any of us have taken have been um, outdoors. Mm-hmm. 
But this was nice. She treated me to a beautiful I know, it sounded so night fun. at um, Thunder Valley. And we went to the pool and it was socially distanced correctly. I think that there might have been a human trafficking situation. Oh, there. yeah. You told me about um, that. I think that. So were people like wearing masks and then would like jump in the water and then well, come back out? Or was it just like tanning situation? It was like a tanning situation situation but you were not allowed to move the uh pool chairs and tables by i always move that shit so Um, so like everything was like socially distanced nicely but there were these two older guys and these two older guys i feel like it might have been like a business trip but it seemed really sketchy due to the fact that they okay so they're sitting like behind us to the right, about 10 feet away, and random men would come up to these two, and they they looked pretty faggoty, to be completely honest with you, and I say that as a gay person, so I mean that as a term of endearment, Um, (laughs) uh, but they just looked like who I might be in 30 years without, like, the shadiness. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Maybe 40 years, (laughs) but... Um, I've had injections. That's another update. I look about five oh, years. Oh yes, forgot about that. We'll post some photos. That was all. That was a birthday present to myself because my my la- laugh lines. I didn't laugh in too much. And I guess that's not really. <laughs> He's either laughing I should too much have. or not enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on the hour. <laughs> and so, like, then these people go up to them and you know, you know, talk to them and. You know, and then they'd get into the pool, and then they were talking to these two, two or three girls that were also in the pool, and I feel like it was almost like a, a situation. No, I feel like it was a situation because these girls were hanging out in the pool. I almost feel like it was a situation where they were like um, offering their bodies as a service, and maybe they were like negotiating like what each employee of theirs if they were employees casino cuties yeah they're com. the casino cute <laughs> i have no clue what was happening but it was really weird but we were having a great time um so we ordered these palomas and palomas is traditionally uh tequila grapefruit juice and like you know a few other ingredients mm-hmm. I know that our bartender at the pool had no clue what a Paloma (laughs) was, even though it's, like, plastered on a walk-in velvet rope sign and in the menu behind him. And he had the audacity to look us straight in the eyes and pour us a tumbler full of about 75% vodka, which does not go in a Paloma. Uh, he got the grapefruit juice right. I just don't think that he really knew what he was doing, so he was making up for it by, like, over... He's, like, really a car dealer, and they're like, hey, we need you to pour drinks today. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It felt like it felt like he was kind of just uh, overcompensating for what he didn't hey, really know how to do. Hey, but if you're overcompensating with alcohol... So Carly and I were only going to stay at the pool for, like, a little bit, but we were like, hey, he doesn't know these drinks. These drinks are actually pretty cheap. Let's stay here for a couple of hours and have a few drinks. So we proceeded to have three <laughs> cocktails. Oh, my God, did you guys stay another night? 75% of vodka. No, we only stayed the one night. But you should have seen us at the casino. I can only imagine. It was a mess because we continued drinking, (laughs) but we were still, we never like blacked. We never like 
did anything super yeah. crazy. None of us did a cartwheel backwards oh out of God. a stool onto the floor this time. Like, we were good. Um, I told her to text her boyfriend, and he ended up coming up and, like, treating us to a few things. And um, the drinks are, were cheap as fuck at the casino. It was, like, $4 per drink for, what? like, top When shelf. we went to the, that casino in Richmond, it was, like, $13. Yeah, but, I mean, Thunder Valley, more people populate this than the San Pablo Casino. No. I, I swear to gosh. Do you think the Richmond one's open? I would hope not. It's super small. The Bay Area can get real grimy, guys. <laughs> I've um, never been to Thunder Valley as a big inside. Like, what was walking through the casino like? It reminded me of a Las Vegas hotel if it were mm. done in Northern California. So that's pretty big. It's pre- it, it was nice. But I felt very safe there because people were wiping down the machines as soon as you got up for them. There were plastic partitions between each chair, and most slots were every other seat only. Mm. They literally had the seats that you cannot add back, zip-tied, and with caution tape around it. So, like, you definitely... It was known, like, no, don't grab these seats. The There was a barrier between the one live band that I saw and uh, the audience so they couldn't get up close to the stage. That's like probably like the first time you guys heard live music. It is. Ever. Ever. I saw a meme today that was like, um, it was Shakira and J-Lo and it just said like this is the last this was like basically the last live performance that the entire like world saw. Seriously. And I think that's pretty true. Oh, so good. But anyways, go ahead. And, well, I'm almost done with this, but it was, I think the most interesting thing about all of this was, you know, like how there's normally six, seven people around the poker tables. Now, I don't play poker, Mm -hmm. but if one of my friends is playing poker, I love to watch that show. So Carly's boyfriend was watching, um was playing poker or blackjack or one of those. I have no clue. I only know how to play pinochle and I'm about the only person my age that knows how to play pinochle <laughs> because I learned from all of my great aunts. And they're not playing that at Thunder Valley. They're not. And I even asked, I said, why don't you guys play pinochle? Just once from And the dealer play. was like, what is that? And I was like, ugh, never mind. It's the same dealer that was pouring drinks. <laughs> Probably. Um... Instead of there being, like, six, seven people at the card table, there were only three. Okay. So they were still social distanced. Um, So I was very impressed, and I felt very safe, but I still quarantined for about ten days. Yeah. Because I also went back to my job. That's another huge thing. I went back to my job, and I was... I can't say that I was dreading it, but I was dreading it. Not because I didn't want to be there, but because I... Was definitely worried. I work in healthcare as well, and I do a form of physical therapy where I'm touching several people, but we are very cautious. We wipe everything down between patients, and we take the temperature checks, Mm -hmm. and we encourage people to not come in if they have a sniffle, whether they think that it's just an allergy or an environmental thing. It's like, if you have it, just stay home. It's also like the fear of the unknown. Like, you didn't know how it was going to be or what it was going to entail. But I feel safe. Like, even though, yes, I know that gloves can Mm -hmm. still transfer germs, 
but I, I feel safer wearing gloves because it's not on my skin directly mm-hmm. and it cannot be absorbed if I have any, like, micro cuts But you're not typing whatnot. with gloves, right? Um, when patients are there, yes. And then I wipe down my keyboard and my mouse and the telephone, and then I take off my gloves, wash my hands, and then proceed to sterilize my hands with hand sanitizer, and then use things as regular. That way there's not any kind of cross-contamination. I spend a good portion of my shift just sterilizing things. And I don't only do it for myself, I do it so that the patients aren't sitting there in a kind of traction setup where they're like, oh... Oh, I don't think he might. I didn't see him like wipe down this end of the. No, I like make sure that I'm thorough. Yeah. 110%. Well, because there's a whole new culture of people that are like my mom who literally tell people to like put a mask on or like Mm-mm. question people on That's like their, their hygiene. Because with the mask, you have to get closer to talk to them. The only stranger that I actually talked to was yesterday. We were both on our way home. And he was sitting next to me, and we were both, like, kind of, like, he was at one chair at the BART station. I was at one bench at the BART station. And somebody lit up um, a cigarette at the... Like, on the train? Like, on the platform. Uh-huh. Sitting on the other side of the bench that he was sitting on. And we were just like, this is so fucking rude. He doesn't have his mask off, this and that. And then... Our train was approaching, and he got up and left, but I noticed that he left his food there, so I wasn't going to touch his food and bring it to him, but I ran up to him, I was like, bro, I think you left your food on the bench. He was like, oh, shit, thank you. So, like, that's the only stranger that I've spoken to in, like, the past couple of months, because I was (laughs) like, you, I know that, like, if you're worried about... Yeah, wanted that. Yeah. You want your food, and we were also pissed at the same person. So yeah. I felt like there was, like, there a, was connection a connection there. There was a connection, for sure. Because he, I wouldn't have gone up to him if he was just, like, ugh, this person doesn't have a mask on, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was just, like, I feel you. And we were talking loud enough for the other person so to So people hear are, us. like, very much that way. Yeah, I saw somebody stroll onto Bart without a mask on. And he, it was just a boomer type of age yeah. guy. The loops around the ear, and it was literally, like, on on his, like, jowl. Yeah, the... my mom would be like, excuse me, sir, like, you're not wearing that correct. But she's, she, if, you have to get close to talk to somebody with a mask, I feel, because part of it's muffled. Mm-hmm. Whether you could hear the sound correctly, you don't hear the cadences of the word. Yeah. Because everything's just muffled, for lack of a better word. But people are wearing their masks in all sorts of ways. All and it's like, can you with just... With their nose exposed? Why don't you just wear it correctly? Like, if you're going to even have the energy and time and effort to, like, buy one and, like, you know, you want to, like, think you're doing something right. Part of me wants wear to it tell right. them, like, put it on your nose. But then I'm like, you know what? That's your problem. Yeah. You should know by now how yeah, to Yeah, nose goes, bro. We should post, like, something about the funny ways that we've seen people wearing their masks. Because I think there's a whole hell of a lot of good ones. Guys, I'm choking on my drink. Not on COVID. I'm sorry. That's also... Okay, so that's also (laughs) something super interesting is that 
now, like Corey's even done that. Like he's come home from work and he'll be like coughing and be like, oh my God, it's not COVID. It's a crumb. And I'm like, yeah. it's fine. But I think we're all in this PTSD. But Corey and I also lightweight. Well, Corey and I both do heavyweight work in the public. Yeah. So like, and well, Corey's been working since. He hasn't stopped working. Yes, like there's been no change of like we're in quarantine or we're there's like COVID issues. He's a recycling man and recycling and garbage ain't stopping for nobody. No, so like we would probably be sicker if the garbage industry. And everyone, I think my biggest pet peeve is and the houses would smell. Oh yeah, I think my biggest pet peeve is that people are like, oh well, isn't he like, you know. Because he's, like, dealing with garbage and he's dealing with, like, germs and people, like... He operates the robot arm. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't she be, like, really concerned? And I'm, like, And I don't all, say that in that... Uh, my disgust in my tone was directed toward the people that are saying No, yeah, that. it's just, like... it's like, a huge job. Like, I probably would fail every single time trying to oh do God. the crane and the arm. I would and, like, literally, like, it would be a laughing stock. I would lift up the, like, can <laughs> halfway, and it would, like, go everywhere. Inside of your open passenger I would window like, and everything. All right. But, um... Oh, I can sweep that out later, right? I think it's kind of like a kid that's, like, always around germs, and it makes them just, like stronger their immune system like yeah. I never feel like concerned that he's out there concerned when he comes home because I feel like he's in the truck I mean he's also doing like a lot of heavy lifting outside the truck and dealing with like people that are just like drifters which is I think the most scary part of his job yeah I mean I work in a very affluent part of Richmond and because it's so affluent you know actually homeless people come along with the affluent communities because they're a little bit more giving and they can spare for the poor and but uh, i'm sorry homeless people are even wearing masks as well they're not but i'm wearing this shirt right yeah and i'm crossing the street today it has hawaiian flowers on it after i was leaving um safeway which is across the street from my job and this homeless man who was like on the kitty cat corner said fruit salad alert there's a fruit salad alert looking at me and i was just like in my head i'm like sir you're not even wearing a mask i'm not even gonna engage you should have been like do you want a side (laughs) and then he had the audacity he yells at people all the time the other day i saw somebody drop a six-pack outside of safeway oh what a shame and he said Call the attendants. They'll help you. And I was just like, what? Like, do you work here? <laughs> no, but he's, I, I've never seen him before because I've, of course, been off for the past four years, uh, four months. <laughs> um, but I was just Damn. like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> and well, it sounds like he's just, like, out there. He's vibing. You know the vegetable market, like, near my job? Mm-hmm. He sleeps on the side of that building on those okay. benches, so I don't go there <laughs> anymore, but uh, he's fine. So, I mean, between your wedding, my birthday, me going back to work. Your new face. My new face. What else did we discuss? I think that's pretty much it. Did we already tell them that we went camping together before we filmed our last episode? I don't know. No. I, uh, long story short, we went camping together. 
<laughs> I unofficially married them. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was our first wedding. Yeah. That She's was the about first to have, time. like, five. I'm about to have five weddings. But, you know, that's what I've always wanted. But all in all, we'll end the segment with Ryan's another year older, wiser, still as pretty as ever. And I'm one married bitch. Mm-hmm. And we do have a fun surprise for you. Instead of advertising anything from our commercials, during our two commercial breaks, I'm going to preview a song, and Gina's going to preview a song that we've had on repeat over the past couple of weeks. And mine is Like That by Doja Cat featuring Gucci Mane, who is definitely one of my celebrity crushes. Enjoy! Because we're who? TVBs. Off the top rope, got them tag teaming Putting on the show, I got the whole crowd screaming Who's you with the bread, I'm like a top-notch freak Act like I'm a treat when a dog see me Like a thief in the night, and like she stole my green Got me walking off the scene like a hole in my jeans song i really love that song she is fire that body yeah she is buzzing speaking of buzzing for the first time in bees buzz history i think history we are going to shake our bees box and we are going to choose a buzzword because we want you guys to have a little bit of fun with us i like that shake your bees box yeah 
so each of us are going to pick a uh, paper out of this box. We each wrote four. If we choose ours, we choose ours. If we choose, you know, who cares what happens? Okay. <laughs> okay, so basically every time we say these words, we have to drink. Mm -hmm. And you listeners at home, drink whatever the hell you got in your glass. Mine is summer. Yours is summer. Perfect. Uh, mine is, ew, David. Oh, I just actually saw um, a mask online. I was served this ad for, ew, COVID. Ew, COVID. Or, ew, David. Ew, David Cheers. and summer. Drink. Uh, these words are about to get us buzzed. And speaking of buzzing, of course, because we are recording Bees Buzz right now, we are going to talk to you about different uh, forms of media that we've been relishing in. Yes. And Gina's going to start out with her Gina's Buzz and tell us what she's been watching, reading, listening to, whatever I, you want. I and, really have a PSA before we start. Well, before you do that, this is the Super Summer Special. Super summer special. Which means... Dream times two. We are going to each have three different things to recommend that we're going to briefly sell to you. Oh, love. And I really don't want to sell this, but I just ordered a book off Amazon. And I want to tell everyone out there, if you were ever a fan of Twilight and... Ryan, I was a fan of Twilight. This is high school, so... It came out way back then. Way back then. So, like, 10-plus years ago. Um, I'm not going to give my age on this podcast, but you can do the math. But we graduated about 15 years ago. Yes. So, <laughs> I was a tween when Twilight came out, and Twilight was everything at the time. Kind of like how Harry Potter was everything to certain tweens as well it's kind of like that book that becomes like a series that becomes a movie that becomes several movies and you're just like that hook, becomes line, and dolls and yeah. fan fiction the whole the whole thing but luckily suzanne collins aged a little bit better than jk rowling right well jk rowling is she's still going so but she's a hot mess talking about all these trans people oh really gay people yeah she's i didn't know that all of that no wonder you never liked twilight well, i never no, knew the real reason oh wait no suzanne collins was uh hunger games i don't know who wrote oh who um wrote stephanie twilight? meyer stephanie meyer that's her Wait, so tell me, before we go into this, tell me what happened with Hunger Games. Because that was a no, whole other... No, no, Hunger Games, I, I misspoke. Um, so J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry, Harry Potter, Potter okay. series and the, not series of Unfortunate Events, what's the Grindelwald, what, what's the one called of the American School? Oh. Whatever that one is. She wrote that whole, like, you know, Harry Potter universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pottermore, they call it in the fandom. But I did go to Harry Potter World. Did you? Yes. Oh wait, you did. You showed me the pic the video of the dragon. I almost lost my flip flop, but <laughs> oh my god! Thank God you didn't lose your flip flop. I'm sorry, but this genre is called fantasy drama, young adult fiction. <laughs> oh, that is so extra. But J.K. Rowling, she's basically been very anti-trans, anti-queer. Interesting. Which actually kind of she she's publicly stated that Dumbledore is actually gay, but it's never mentioned in the books, and 
in general, she doesn't really say anything that adds to the uh, adds to the interpride being a person, a cis woman. She doesn't really encourage. Oh, she posted a series of controversial tweets about the transgender yes, community. She did. Huh. And this is like quite recent. It's very recent. July, as of July. Wait, we're in August, so a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I really like the Harry Potter movies. And I know that, you know, the movies were, of course, I think scripted by a screenwriter mm-hmm. and directed by not her, but this still the source material and being a person within the LGBTQIA plus community, I'm just kind of like, JK, we are some of your biggest fans. Why are you, why are you tripping? Yeah. So I'm like I'm looking not up, fucking with her anymore. Yeah, no, I'm looking at an article that was recently written about her and like the things that she's said and done. Huh. Yeah, it, it, it just doesn't seem inclusive, especially when her fan base is so... It's compromised of so many different communities and genders and political views. And, mm-hmm. like, people are just fans of that series, so... Well, this is not about J.K. Rowling, but Stephanie Meyer um, and Twilight. So I just wanted to let everyone know that the new book from Stephanie Meyer is out today, like today, which while you guys are listening to it. So this podcast, it's going to be probably like, you know, already out for like a week or two, but it's called Midnight Sun and it's from the perspective of Edward Cullen, um, who is basically like this beautiful twinkling vampire. But it's he, he's the Robert Pattinson character. Robert Pattinson, who uh, was actually just in the lighthouse in a really like unforgiving way. And I just want to get that like Robert Pattinson out of my brain and back to his twilight days. You know what Robert Pattinson I can't get out of my brain? In a good or bad way. In a the best way. Okay, so bad way, Lighthouse the movie. If you want to look at him in a good way, listen to Ryan. Bad way, The Lighthouse, which you should not watch if you're a fan of him. Um, so my good way is he did this Broadway show called Echis, which was about a man and his horse. Mm. And he uh, he bared all on stage. He bared all on stage. Does he have a big pee? Mm, I'm going to show you right now. What? Uh, Wait, that's that's Harry Potter. That's Harry Potter. No, oh, so that's is, a crossover. This is Twilight Robert oh, wait, Pattinson. Wait, you're right. I am thinking of Daniel wait, like, Radcliffe. That's, that's good old Robert. Wait, so Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. Who is Harry Potter? Who is Harry Potter? Showed his Potter. He showed or his, his Potter Harry. and his stem. <laughs> um, my apologize. My apologies for. Okay, here he is. No way. Yeah. 
Oh my god! So even though I don't like J.K. Rowling, I am a huge fan of Harry Potter. Just just look him up on Google Images. Uh, Ryan Daniel just Radcliffe showed me that. Eckes nude, and um, that's E Q U U S. Radcliffe. Interesting. Well, that's not who I was talking about, but that is like something that I definitely want to zoom in on later mm-hmm. after our podcast. Um, but yeah, so. Just want to let y'all know that Midnight Sun is out as of today, and if you've been missing Twilight, the stories, the saga, I'm sure this will become a movie or Netflix series. All of those, like, between Harry Potter and Twilight, I think during this quarantine, like, Hulu, Netflix, maybe not Netflix, but Hulu and at least Amazon Prime and HBO Max have all, like, streamed the entire, like, series or saga of all of them. So you can definitely catch up if you have like a whole week or month, which I think a lot of you do. So go check it out and become a tween again. Also Twilight, um, they had like one of the best soundtracks in high school. So Mm. if you didn't like the book or the movie or the story, the music was like so epic because it was very like just sad and grungy. Didn't like Paramore do a song for one of them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Steffi and I actually went to a Paramore concert, um, and we loved Twilight so much. Shout out to Steffi if you're listening. But we, like, went to this concert, but, like, we put, like, the sunroof open and, like, drove to Sacramento or San, no, San Jose. So, like, super far from our little hometown and listened At to... At the Sharks Arena? Yeah, and listened to Twilight the entire way. Um, that was back when we could go to concerts. So wear your mask so we can do that again and I can start working again, too. And also, it's not even before we had to wear masks. Yes, it's very much that. But I think the last Twilight film came out, like, a decade ago. Yes, but Paramore. I just love music in yeah. general. Oh, you know what I was surprised to hear about Paramore? They've stopped performing Misery Business because they feel like it's anti-feminine. Hmm. Feminine. Uh, fe- feminist. Interesting. Even though she's mm-hmm. the lead you know the singer. One, I'm in the business of misery. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love them. And I love her. Well. But anywho, I've already ordered it on Amazon. Stay tuned. This will be in our future Beast Buzz. Of, I'll probably like finish the book. If I get it Thursday or Friday, it'll be done by probably Monday. So our next episode, I'll I've give you an update. I've been reading the same book for literally, literally the past 14 months. Really? Yeah. You should read like a page a night. And the thing is, during COVID, I I ordered one, two, three, four, five, six... And one's not the way. I've ordered seven books, and I'm still reading the one that I was reading before COVID. <laughs> I feel like with reading books, so I I think we talked about on a previous episode, I'm very big on, like, ebooks and mm-hmm. just, like, streaming them because, um, well, I used to, like, drive to work, and I used to, like, take BART and just, like, walk a lot um, to BART and to just public transit. But now that I'm not doing that, I'm like – I want to feel what it's like to turn the pages again yeah. and to actually like read again because it's such a different experience. But then once you say that out loud, you're like, but I don't feel like exerting that energy. I'd rather yeah. watch like a series or I'd rather just like chill and relax. 
Or listen to a podcast and bake banana bread. Yes, that quarantine banana bread. I just like people, like, talking in my ear, you know, like, at the end of the day. It just, like, is soothing. So it's nice to hear, like, chapter by chapter being, like, read to you. So maybe you should get that on an Evo. I should. I should. And I think that I'm eligible for Kindle with several purchases. I think I have a bunch of free books. Same. Like coins or downloads or whatever they call them. Yeah, like, you know, wait a day or two for this delivery and we'll give you the credit for the audio book and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure. I actually don't need this piece of tool yeah (laughs) but for this twilight book i had to get the like hardcover because i have the hardcover of all the other ones so it's just a really like weird thing to say out loud that i really want to read this book that i was like what age would i have been like 17 something yeah I was yeah. 17 reading and watching these movies and, like, feeling like, I have a crush on Robert Pattinson. And here you are at the tender age of 63, <laughs> waiting to return to the series. So Can't that's, wait. <laughs> that's a piece of media that you're looking forward to. Tell me three things that you have been watching and that you'd like to recommend mm. to our listeners oh my and God. myself. I've been watching so many things. It's kind of, like, disturbing and disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I feel um, that. For you listeners, I... I've been out of work since March because I work in the live events industry and we are definitely like one of the first industries to be shut down and probably one of the last to come back. There's like over 12 million people in the live events industry that are like out of work right now. And shameful plug, um, at live events co co follow them and support the live event industry. If you want to get back to like listening to music, watching, any live Broadway show, I mean, Broadway's completely shut down right now, um, and they just did a kind of like a silent protest um, in Times Square where they set up like all these tables like in Times Square, this like company called Live Events Co., and it just showcased like this is what an event looks like with no one working and no people involved. Yeah. So anyways, when you think about like, damn, I really want to go see that show. It was canceled and you're super angry. Know that the people behind that show want to be working too. Anywho, um, I am currently watching this show called Last Chance You, which is on Netflix. Um, and it's so amazing. We live very close to Oakland and I've worked a couple of years in Oakland, Ryan currently works in Oakland, and it's basically like follows this football team. And there's recently been a lot of like press about the Oakland Raiders. They're now going to be the Las Vegas Raiders, but there was a whole show last season that documented basically like their season on HBO. And now having another show that's like on just basically streaming media showcasing Oakland and all of its glory, like the grittiness, just like how we're super salt of the earth people and the players that are on this football team at Laney College, which is like a secondary school. So a school that most people go to before they transfer to like Oregon State or a big name school. It just is following their entire season and all of these characters like there's one of the main characters reminds me so much of peter or like my ex-boyfriend oh wait oh (laughs) um just like a pacific islander like 
beauty of like a player in person um, who came from like nothing and wanted to change his life, went to Laney and fell in love with like football and wanted to like provide a better life for his family. And now he's like this one of the stars of this Netflix show. And it's kind of like cheer um, mm-hmm. from Netflix mm-hmm. where like they showcase everyday people that now like, I don't know, went on to like there's two people from cheer, which is also on Netflix. It's about, like, a cheerleading team that goes to, like, nationals, wins, um, but it follows their lives, and they're just, like, these everyday people that are, like, our age or younger. What do you think that they've been doing this summer during the pandemic? Well, which show? Uh, the Last Oh, Last Chance You. I see what you did there. Um, I think this was shot way before quarantine, So I'm not quite sure. I'm only, like, in episode two right now. But it's, like, such a big thing for, like, Oakland to be back on the map, like, in a show that's, like, being broadcast, like, during this time where people are only watching shows that aren't working. Because Laney College, if – have you ever been there, been to, like, a game there or – I've driven by it. um, It's, like – I feel like when you're driving on the freeway, you definitely see, like, Laney College – And people probably haven't been there for anything. But the Oakland Roots, which is Oakland's newest soccer team, they play, like, at Laney College. So I feel like Laney College has really been in a lot of, like, I don't know, social media. And just, like, back on the map because of this team. But now, like, because of this show, it's just super, like, cool to see where you used to work and see your old stomping grounds and just hear these, like, positive stories of Oakland because our president – unfortunately has been like tearing Oakland apart mm-hmm. and saying a lot of negative things in the press about Oakland or just adding Oakland to the mix of places that he thinks, you know, are like hell. I think he mentioned. I think that when he says hell, he literally means that it's oversaturated with culture. And he's not used to that and doesn't know he's what that means. But it's nice to see it in a positive way. Him and his parents together, and people have been like, his parents literally look like the Grim Reaper and the Keeper of Hell. Yeah, I I agree. And if you don't agree with us, that's totally fine. I don't care. Stop listening. You might need to stop listening and wear a mask. (laughs) I'm about to talk to him in within the next hour or so. Yeah, but um. I really recommend Last Chance You, even if you're not like a sports fan or a football fan or even know what Oakland is or what Oakland's about. It's just like a story of like underdogs. And what Um, a wonderful title of a show. Essentially, if you were to make it into a sentence, The Last Chance is You. Yeah. And like everyone's looking at like... You control your destiny. Yeah. The last chance being like... The last chance, I mean, for us that know what Laney College is, that probably was on our last list of options of where to go to school, but some of these students had no other chance. Like, their last chance is to play on this football team and to make something of themselves. And I think that's what's really focusing on. But ironically, this football team won state last season. Mm -hmm. So um, that's pretty cool. And hopefully all the, like, characters and actual real life people on the show since quarantine are still doing well but definitely check it out last chance you there's tons of seasons you can stream and I have a lot of like friends that are from the East Bay and old colleagues from Oakland that have watched it and they're not like sports people at all and it's just like something Normally fun when they look at sports they're like 
Ew, David. Yes, drink. <laughs> <laughs> so that is um, something fun. I'm only on episode two, so maybe next podcast I'll let you know if they mention anything about quarantine because I'm not sure if like they stopped mid mid season or had to stop because of quarantine, which unfortunately. Well, you were telling me that Cheer had to mm-hmm. stop because of the COVID nineteen. Yeah, pandemic. so they basically practice and perform all year in hopes to get to Daytona. To win, I don't know if that's like a national or what title they get. It's but like the biggest of the it's biggest. It's the creme de la creme. Uh, crown or trophy exactly. that they could get. And so they filmed all season and then it had to stop short and they couldn't even go to Daytona. So I think that would be great TV. And I think we need to see yeah. more of that right now. Because watching these shows, I'm like, wait, that guy's not wearing a mask. Wait, they're like at a show or they're at a game or like they're living life which none of us are well it's funny that you say that because i feel like each and every single one of us during this stay at home order could easily have a reality show about us for me it would be in the kitchen and it's like episode one ryan fails at making tomato lists um (laughs) enchilada sauce five times and then he finally figures it out and shares the recipe with you ryan figures out how to finally bake bread ryan figures out how to make homemade cookies for the first time and ryan finds out how to make weed cookies for the first weed time cookies, oh those were good weren't they i never tried one because i was too nervous because they were like 10 milligrams <laughs> i'm like ryan what's what milligram are these cookies? roughly 10 I can have, like, less than 0.5 because I freak out. And Ryan's like, um, I don't know. Try one. I'm like, hell no. Because <laughs> no. Ryan's good with his weed and he could barely speak. So I was like, I'm good. <laughs> oh, you made dog biscuits? And I made dog biscuits for Carly. Yeah, I feel like you've been on, like, a quarantine cooking roll, which we'll get yeah, to. Yeah, the thing is... A lot of the patients at my office, they would ask me, oh, so you're a good cook? Oh, do you ever... No, I don't really do anything baking unless it's like, you know, a casserole. But I've learned to make about 10 different... Follow his Instagram, shameless plug, at stayathomemeals. At stayathomemeals. Um, <laughs> I lost the password to it, but you could definitely view everything that I... He hasn't showcased recently, but there no. are a lot of good ones on there. The thing is, I have, like, six Instagram accounts between my competition. <laughs> oh, wait, Ryan Reeves? What happened in that one? Uh, that... T- a Ryan R. Reeves? No, that's, um, That took a toll for the worst. That lasted for about two weeks, and that's Goddess of Drag. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do feel like that's the new question, though. Like, that's taking place of, so what do you do for work? It's like, what have you been doing in quarantine? Yeah. And I kind of makes me cringe. Because it's like... Patients have been asking me, you know, like, I've been vibing and thriving. I had a four-month vacation. Vibing and, and thriving, folks. And I'm glad to see all of these familiar faces. And that just makes them gush from the core of their well, heart. Well, it's like, why can't you ask, what did you do over your summer? Summer. (laughs) All right, Gina, tell Um, us about your next buzz. So we're definitely going to have to watch Last Chance You. Last Chance You, Oakland Pride. Um, Where are you from, Oakland? Smoking. Yeah, and there are so many Oakland references. Like one of the episodes is called The Town. Like Mac Dre has like a whole influence in like the second episode too. Um, But anyways, like I mentioned with Cheer, how like they had to stop filming. This show that I fell in love with called The Mick on Hulu. So now I'm switching over to Hulu because I have 
you know, no disrespect for any of the platforms. No, I know she's all equal equality for all the platforms. She might be married to one, but she's open to all. Oh, <laughs> I feel like there's a really good like reference to roses in a garden, but I might have to. I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, think about that while I talk about the Mick is on Hulu, and I had to look up this actress's name. Caitlin Olson um, is the lead, and she is in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I have not watched yet, which I really want to watch. Um, but I haven't watched it either. It's super, like, comedic. It's hilarious. Ryan is showing me Daniel Radcliffe's PP right now. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Um, but if you guys want something that's, like, you can put on in the background while you're cooking or while you're just kind of like on the laptop or just chilling, I highly recommend The Mick. It kind of reminds me of a more humorous and low-key Shameless. If you've ever watched Shameless, which was on show, uh, Showtime, uh, which I think is entering its last and final season, or maybe it's already over because of COVID too. But The Mick's only two seasons, and it would have been a third. There would have been a third season, but because of like COVID and quarantine, they've completely stopped like production and filming so it ended with two seasons even though the last episode episode 20 of season two there's that many like episodes in a season which i love so there's like 40 total i think so maybe more if um season one had more than 20 but um it was on fox too which is really interesting because the show is so like nasty gritty and just like off the wall that well, the, I mean, look at Fox News. Is that uh, yeah, surprising? true. But the thought of it being on, like, it must have been on, like, 10 o'clock or 11. Um, but <laughs> if you want to watch something that's hilarious about a family that's just, like, discombobulated and make probably will make you feel, like, better about yourself. Like, I watch The Real Housewives because it makes me feel better about the life choices that I'm making. Then watch The Mick. Um, and if you like that actress and if you like the type of humor that's, on it's always sunny in Philadelphia, um, that like creative wit and just super dry humor. Then you'll love this. And it was the first like time I've like seen this actress really act. So I really want to watch it's always or sunny. do something else. Yeah, exactly. Because so I feel like once you're known for like it's always sunny or like these shows that are so iconic. But then you're you like, also uh, look at actresses. It reminds me of like Kristen Ritter and her uh, show of. The Bitch in Apartment 23 was canceled also abruptly. But then you see her in things like Breaking Bad and you're like, oh, you you have levels. R.I.P. to that character. That was a nasty death. Jane Margolis. Jane Margolis. That's a great show. That was also quite an epic arc for Mm. uh, uh, Walter White being Mm. like that. I feel like when that situation happened between the two of them and she died, that was kind of like the, all right, I've stepped over to the dark side officially. Exactly. I mean, unfortunately. I'm about my money and my mouth. Unfortunately, it took a death to get there. Unfortunately. she's a great actress and she's super funny too. I love her. But anyway, so we're going like all over the map. Last Chance You, Netflix, The Mick, Hulu, and then... My last one is The Alienist and Ryan. Oh my gosh. So this is on HBO Max, which HBO Now or Go has now turned into HBO Max. And HBO Max has like originals as well. Um, they also like, like I said earlier, all like Harry Potter. Currently, I think all of like the Twilight series. But what they do have is this like 
amazing show. It's actually originally TNT, but they're streaming. I forgot the about TNT. I know. Um, TNT and FX were too great. I don't have cable anymore, but those were too great. Me either. Primetime cable to what channel? Actually, if any of you listeners still have like cable live TV. I have Sling, which is not the same, but kind of. But I mean, kind of, but not, because I, I have Hulu Live, and I have Netflix, and I have Amazon Prime, but it's still not, like, cable, just turning on the TV totally. and flipping to a channel. We had to cancel our cable, like, completely, because they were, like, really ripping us off, and we were like, if they we do. could cut any of our losses before our little mini-money, then what would it be? And it was definitely cable. And we had this long, extensive conversation with them because they were like, well, we can give you this discount and this discount. And it's like, but you've already given us all of the discounts were kind of like, ew, David. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) um, Cable is definitely ew, David. So we no longer have cable, but we do have Sling TV, which they were doing the happy hour, which was super cool. Like for free. That's the only time I encountered that app, but I was able to watch... um, all of the, or at least half of the season 10 or 11 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills oh, that we yes. covered last season. Oh, yes. I'll give season. you my, well, I'll give you my digits after for Sling TV. And I can give you mine for whatever that I have that you don't have. Yeah, so this is not an HBO, The Alienist is not and is not an HBO Max original. Um, I want to give TNT their credit there, but Dakota Fanning is the lead. Do you remember Dakota Fanning from... Okay, now we're going to date ourselves even more. She was a child actress. Child like, actress. We in high school. So now I'm going to look up her image just to give you another. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yes. Oh, wait, she was, uh, she's uh, Aurora in the Maleficent series. Oh, really? Yes. So Uptown Girls, Cat in the so. Hat, Man on Fire, War, War, Charlotte's Web, I'm Sam. Wait, let's go to her filmography. I really do think that she was in... Uh, Maleficent. All right, guys. I think that I, I think that I'm. Ah, she was in Twilight. Look at that. She's in Twilight, and she's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and she's also in Ocean's Eight. Sweet Home Alabama, Hansel and Gretel. But what did she get famous for? Okay. I remember her being like a big deal when she like she first started on the She was a little girl. Map. Do you remember the movie with the um the van? What is that called? Sunshine. That was when she was young. The Secret Life of Bees. No. Ugh. Do you know like the movie where she's like? literally in a van and she's going to hold on I have to look this up because it's gonna bother me her very first movie and listeners if you know Dakota Fanning actually you know what I think it I'm gonna look this up I think it might be Elle Fanning who played uh, Aurora and I believe that Elle Fanning and Dakota Fanning are sisters right okay look this is when she was a little girl, that's babe. But that is not the Dakota Fanning that I'm looking for. Okay, Dakota Fanning. Sunshine. We're going to figure this out, listeners. 
Please bear with us. In the Little news, Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. She oh, was in that. Oh, my gosh. Little Miss Sunshine. I don't know if that was her first movie. But why doesn't it have with Robert De Niro? Oh, my gosh. This is her. Yeah, she's been around for a minute. She's been Anyways, around for a minute. Anyways, we are definitely going to post... Dakota Fanning. And yes, I was correct. It was one of the Fanning sisters that was in Maleficent, but Elle Fanning is Aurora. Okay, so you were on the right track. Yeah, Elle yeah. Fanning. They're damn near twins, though. Oh my god, we need to post this one. Okay, anywho. Um, Dakota Fanning, so Little Miss Sunshine, that was like 2006, I think. And now we're in 2020, and she's actually the lead of this, like, baller-ass show um, where she is just, like, female power, female boss. Um, it's kind of like this – the alienist, I would describe it closely to Penny Dreadful, um, that era, that type of just, like, dark, mysterious, um, slightly horror, slightly uh, – slightly disturbing, slightly dark, but to see a female lead in a show that should have been, well, Penny Dreadful, there was a female lead as well, but to see Dakota Fanning on top, A1, highly recommend if you're into watching something dark and eerie um, from like a time period that is not now. So I have Last Chance You, which is current, well, maybe prior to COVID, um, that's a reality show. I have The Mick, which is super humorous, and I have The Alienist, which stars a female lead of Dakota Fanning, um, in a dark, mysterious way, following just things of the past, basically things of the night that make you go, ooh. Uh, so I'm definitely gonna check out all of those, because... A, one of them has to do with Bay Area culture. B, the two of them sound just like something that I would just watch amongst seeing the trailer. And I'm surprised that I haven't seen the trailer of The Alchemist or The or the Mick or The uh, Alienist. The Alienist? Um, so just like the actual um, Hulu excerpt. I guess it was based off of a best-selling book. Um, but it's a psychological thriller set amidst the vast wealth, extreme poverty, and technological innovation of 1896 New York. Okay, I kind of love that. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do, actually, is if you guys look at the Wikipedia pages of the uh, World Expos that happened mm, in, like, mm -hmm. the 1800s and 1900s every four years. Yeah. Um, like, I went to Chicago about eight years ago and I made it a mission to view every single statue and uh, structure that was oh that's so made cool right for that expo see that's um, really interesting so I actually kind of one of my one of my life goals is to go to the countries of each and every world's expo and view the original buildings let us it. travel again let us travel again <laughs> but don't do it because of an economic situation. Do it because we're all safe. Exactly. Please. Huh? Please. Well, Gina, I have a few things to recommend to you if you're ready. I am so ready. 
So the first one is a book that I have not read. (laughs) We already know that Ryan doesn't like to read. (laughs) No, but here's the thing. This is a book that I'm actually really excited for. And while Gina was talking about her bees buzz, I decided to... chapters in order to determine which one would be the best best one to introduce you guys to this book. Yes. And it is by Trixie Mattel and Katya Zamoloshikova from RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's called Trixie and Katya's Guide to Modern Womanhood. I just got it last week. And the chapter that I'm going to literally only read the first section of to you guys is called Money. Are you poor? Yes. (laughs) And I think that a lot of us are. (laughs) And this chapter is written by Trixie Mattel. The legendary band ABBA says money, money, money must be funny in the rich man's world. Let me tell you, that assumption is factual and sound. Since becoming a television and folk music star, I have been witness to many bizarre indulgences of the upper echelon. Bidets, central air conditioning, luxury cosmetics. I personally know people with enough face and body work done to finance a small business during that grappling first year. While money can definitely bring you custom sofas, brow lifts, and fat transfers performed in Mexico, Snap! (laughs) I have found such indulgences also prove indicative of deeper cracks in our veneered surfaces. We are obtaining and collecting to balance out our perceived personal shortcomings. And it doesn't stop there. No person has had one nose job, he's had three. By the third procedure, he's probably live-streaming the process in exchange for a free eyebrow threading. I once took a photo with somebody I didn't know for a free pair of sunglasses I didn't want, only to get home, try them on, hate them, and then wish I had asked for two pairs. (laughs) The danger in finding financial comfort is the inevitable adjustment to your new means. Suddenly, the lifestyle of yesterday will seem dim and institutional. The first Delta One flight will make Economy Comfort Plus seem like a sexual punishment. (laughs) Suddenly, last year's iPhone is basically a beeper, and an Uber pool seems like a bizarro eliminate episode you never asked to be a part of. Whether you're rich or poor, it's important with money to keep yourself balanced. Upon becoming a richie, quote-unquote, I checked in on some of my favorite ways to live cheap. And if you want to know her ways to live cheap then you will definitely buy their book and find out but each ep- uh, each chapter is written by either Trixie or Katya and then the rest of the chapter such as like when I just left off it's actually a transcripted conversation between the two of them so it's a good summer read it's a good summer read <laughs> summer so, I feel like we should have a book like that where we each have our own chapters and excerpts. And, and then have the conversation transcribed. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea, especially since we've already copied Trixie with the uh, Easy Bake Oven idea. Oh, yes. Which, sir. spoiler alert, guys, we are not going to do the Patreon anymore because we would much rather have you guys... Uh, 
donate to organizations that actually need it. Mm-hmm. We are doing this for fun. For your own damn viewing pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, come September 1st, you're actually going to have all of season one and all of our bonus content for free on a platform that we will release when our summer... Our super summer special is over. Uh, Cheers again. Um, I also have another recommendation, Mm -hmm. and it is my favorite movie of all time. If you have not ever viewed it, it was filmed in 1950, and it stars Gloria Swanson as Norma Desmond Mm. in Sunset Boulevard. If you've ever heard the phrases, I am big, it's the pictures that got small. (laughs) Or, Happy New Year, darling. (laughs) Or, All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. A favorite. It is from Sunset Boulevard, which is about a uh, silent movie star from the 1910s and 1920s who has gone into submission and reclusion. Mm Mm-hmm such as we have been in social distancing. And she decides that she's going to coach this man who unexpectedly came into her life, who is a script writer, to help her refine her comeback film. And it starts out crazy. First of all... Could we all be living our own Sunset Boulevard? Yeah. (laughs) In the movie, we... Within the first few minutes of meeting her, we learned that we're burying her monkey that was a pet and also a lover. <laughs> I mean... She mistakes uh, Joe, the writer, as a uh, mortician, and she finds out he's a writer, and she's like, I've been writing a script. I'm going to have you curate this whole thing for me. And it is a film noir... But it is also quite hilarious, <laughs> and it is also quite dramatic, and it is one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my drag inspirations is Norma it? Desmond. You can watch. You can rent it on um, Amazon Prime, but you could also watch a lot of the free iconic scenes on YouTube. Oh, so if perfect! You just look up. Um, Sunset Boulevard scene on YouTube, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to view a lot of it. You won't get the full context, but you'll see a lot of the iconic ready for my close up moments. Wonderful. Um, and Sunset Boulevard was also made into a musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and the entirety of that musical is on YouTube starring Glenn Close, who will be reprising her role in the movie version of the musical next year. Well, since everything's been postponed to 2021. Yeah, it might take a few years. (laughs) But but, we'll get there. But Glenn Close and Gloria Swanson both played the best Norma Desmond that I've ever seen. And even Patti LuPone originated the role on Broadway. And then then was replaced and popularized the musical by Glenn Close. Um, My last one is also about two eccentric broads. (laughs) Uh, It's you can find it on Vimeo.com for free. That's V-I-M-E-O.com, and they're non-sponsored. I just really want you guys to watch it. 
Search Royce, R-O-Y-C-E, and Marilyn, God on a Wheel. And I honestly feel like this is Gina and I in about 40 years living together at a retirement (laughs) home. Well, we're still vibing and thriving. And what I'd like to do, surprise, surprise. Yes. Is we're going to watch this two-minute clip of them interacting together. Okay. And then afterwards, you tell me who is who. Okay. I know all about her and her play it internationally, play piano, internationally composed symphonies. God, this shit, garbage, garbage that I don't want. Why would I have to be a victim of all this garbage and the crap that you like? You know nothing about classical music, <laughs> nothing, nothing. You can't sing an opera, you know nothing. No, I don't say that. Really? Nothing. It's a... Oh, two hours. The entire documentary is two hours, 48 minutes, and 43 seconds long. And every single minute to me is the most enjoyable thing. They're just these two old people who rely on each other, but basically came from different backgrounds. The one with the fur hat. Okay, which one of us do you think is who? I feel like there's like pieces of us and both of them because I can mm-hmm. totally see you yelling at me because I'm just like it's fine Ryan everything's <laughs> okay like, no this is garbage and then Ryan is like I'm wearing a muumuu of course <laughs> and Ryan's just wearing this extraordinarily like outlandish outfit and it's like 
clearly we can't afford this if we're living in a motel together or wherever we're living, but you're in your best furs and minks <laughs> and whatever. And I refuse to get rid of them. Yeah, so I can Actually, so see, like, that, but then I can also see me being super extravagant and you just being, like, depending on your mood during the day, just, like, <laughs> sitting there in a moo-moo being, like, all right, Gina, what? And I'm just going on and on and on. And I'm like, so what are we going to do about it? Move out of the And then motel. I'm throwing my wine at you. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, I'm guessing they just are just loving each other. They love each other, and it's actually super sweet because... It I don't know, shows, what do you think? That's what I think about the characters. I think that I'm the fur hat and you're the moo-moo. Yeah, I think so entirely. But Always it, it also shows scenes of them from like 10, 15 years later because this documentary was filmed over like a Wait, 10, from 15 there, years span. From that moment? So like this is like when they first started filming oh, it. Oh my god. Are and they still in a motel? No, one of them's in a retirement home, and then I'm not sure where the fur one is, but the fur one goes to meet the Moomoo one at the motel, and she's like, do, do you have many visitors? And she's like, yes, I eat well. Because <laughs> that's all I think that Ryan is like asking me. So if I could recommend anything to you all, it's definitely go to Vimeo and check out Royce and, Royce and Marilyn. You're in for a treat, you guys. God on a Wheel. Check out Sunset Boulevard, either the Meryl Street, uh, Glenn Close. I always get Glenn Close and Meryl Street yes. mixed up. Glenn Close uh, in Sunset Boulevard or Gloria Swanson <laughs> in Sunset Boulevard, the movie. And if you want something really funny to read that takes the piss out of, like, genderhood, definitely try Trixie and Katya's Guide to Modern Womanhood. And while you're at it, text, or I mean, tweet J.K. Rowling and let her know a little thing or two. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she already hears it already, but just, just remind her that we've got fans. And obviously Daniel Radcliffe has fans, too. Oh, yeah. I've been his fan about five I've times. I've already seen his pee-pee, like, three times since the last time we spoke mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, ten being the greatest and biggest, what would you rate him? Mm. I'd put him at a seven and a half. I would say, like, a six, only because I haven't really, like, truly, like, divulged and zooming in and seeing yeah. other images but maybe if i yeah. do more research i'll like I just give feel you a different like score. a larger flaccid is like a shower is always naturally going to be bigger than a grower mm, he's definitely a shower that's for sure he's and we'll end shower. on that summer uh, sensational pp so before we go to our next break we are going to listen to a song oh, yes. recommended by gina this is a little different than our first song, but no shameless plug Let's here. Let's break it on down, bitch. I've been listening to Taylor Swift, my good old T-Swifty. She has a new album out. It's called Folklore, and her number one song, I believe, is called Cardigan, but I want to play you guys something a little bit more darker and mysterious. A song called Exile featuring Bon Iver. And Bon Iver is a lovely musician whose music is so, so beautiful. So enjoy Doja Cat to T-Swift. Listen up, bitches. Mm-hmm. 
I can see you standing, honey, with his arms around your body, laughing, but the joke's not funny at all. And it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it, holding all this love out here in the hall. I think I've seen this film before, and I didn't like the ending. You're not my homeland anymore. So what am I defending now? You were my town. Now I'm in exile, seeing you out. I think I've seen this film before.
So I wasn't completely sold when you when I heard and you told me that you've been listening to uh, Taylor Swift's new indie inspired album. However, that song is kind of fire, right? I feel like it's not what you're expecting from T Swift and all the Swifty fans out there are probably like the pop tweens mm-hmm. are like thinking, oh my gosh, how do I adapt to this? But this is really like, I think Taylor Swift stripped from everything in this quarantine and going back to like her basics of just being a good singer and songwriter and lyricist. And I almost feel like if Glee were still on the air today and they were to do like an Acoustic. You you remember how they did like the uh, rumors episode yes. about the rumors? Uh, They're acoustic Mac and instrumental. I feel like they could easily uh, adapt this album into an episode if it's in the same vein of Exile. I could see Cardigan for sure since they were in high school. Unfortunately, we cannot hear Naya Rivera sing any of these songs, which is. Yes, and what I think we should definitely take, like, a me, minute. Yeah, that's what made me mention, like, this whole entire segment, because Gina was like, we should definitely honor her, and I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah, I was, like, a huge Glee fan, which I'm sure a lot of you listeners will probably agree with. Um, but, like, going back to, like, the tweens and, like, Twilight and Harry Potter, it's like we all have our favorite loves of, you know, TV, movies, books, but... Glee was something super unique because it was the first time we were actually able to see, like, choir, theater, just... Everything that we did. Everything that we did as, like, cool and acceptable. And, oh, like, jocks are doing it, too? Like, oh, cheerleaders are doing it, too? Like, I mean, it just showcased, like... And there's still a stigma around it. Yeah, definitely. But But it showcased, I feel like... Well, what I think Lee tried to do was showcase um, musical theater, theater, choir, um, anything like instrumental or arts related in high school as like a form of expression. And anyone from like any walk of life could do it and be seen and heard and be considered like still a part of like the popular crowd, um, which was huge because I think a lot of you know, like, people in high school that are, like, quote-unquote theater nerds are, like, oh, there's someone, like, popular in our class. There's, like, a football player or a jock or, like, you know, a cheerleader in our class. Um, They're never going to be good or amount to anything because they have no talent or they're not smart. But it showcased the other side of the realm where it's, like, they can still be theater nerds, too. Like, you can be multifaceted in so many different, like, walks of life in high school, which I think we tried to be, but I loved Glee because it focused on so many different, like, songs that we loved, and you just got to know these characters, and they were so talented in many different ways, from, like, being a triple threat bitch. Triple threat bitch. (laughs) Uh, But Naya Rivera, honestly, like, hands down, was triple threat, through and through. Her voice... Just, like, the way she, like, acted. I think her character became or, like, came out um, midway or, like, towards the end with 
Beyonce's dancer. I forgot her name. And Heather Morris. Yes, love her. Heather is still like dancing and like. I think she just super... had a real baby. She has like a couple. A couple? Yeah, if you go on her Instagram, like I just went on recently. Ew, David. Ew, David. Must have been a summer thing. Must have been a summer <laughs> thing. That's two sips. But. Mm. I love that drink. I, um, I just think that, like, she, character-wise, developed, because she came out, she was, like, faced with, like, challenges, and, like, people could relate to her in so many different ways, but in real life, people related to her that wanted to come out, and unfortunately, you didn't see a lot of that until... She passed away, and I think something... One of my favorite things in her life, and I'm a huge Ariana Grande fan, I love a lot of her music from her last two to three albums, and I love the fact that when uh, Naya Rivera wrote her autobiography, Sorry Not Sorry, she was like, I, um, I walked into Big Sean's house, and there was a certain ponytailed pop star sitting on his couch cross-legged looking very demure not giving me the time of day so like her tell-all was kind of a tell-all for her life and yeah. like all of like the celebrities that she's encountered in good and bad ways I feel like she could have been on like the same par like let's say she was stripped of glee and she was just mainstream pop artist. I feel like she'd be right up there with, like, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, really any of, like, the heavy hitters of, like, today's pop culture because she was that good. She had a... She was, like, the spicy yeah. twin of Leah Michelle, which I'm not the biggest fan of, especially... did you meet her one time? Yes. Or so... encounter her one time? Yes. So I used to work at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco, and there was a Starbucks, like, right across the street from our offices, and it was, like, a pretty well-known school. I mean, it is, but the theater, the theater arts department was, like, pretty well-known because the thing with the Academy of Art University is that they take like, well-known, like, I mean, ex-celebrities or just artists um, or that are still practicing, and they are the teachers of, like, these programs and, like, these classes. They're and giving master classes in this Master classes, and they're still, like, undergrad and, like, bachelors, but, like, a lot of these master classes are taught by, like, well-known people or, like, used to be well-known. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways... So, I don't know if they were there because of, like, something with the Academy, but, like, I just, like, went to Starbucks like I normally would do, and I saw Liam Michelle there, and I just immediately blurted out, like, Glee people! Like, I was so excited because at the time, the show was so prevalent and, like, exciting, and, um, I don't know, it was, like, the ish to watch. Yeah. And I, like, I loved it, and I, like, just admired all of, like, the characters and like, real life characters um and she legitimately looked at me and kept walking and I was like you know all it would have taken in that moment I like exuded so much like happiness like I legitimately Glee like to was see just them. like Glee people and there was no one else around so it wouldn't have meant like if she responded to me that like 
a herd of people would have like ran over. Like my tour yeah. for the academy because I was a tour guide, <laughs> they wouldn't have ran over. Like it just was me and like one of my coworkers. So no one was there. Like no one was on the street. All she could have done is looked at me and said, "Hey, like we're on our way to something," or you know, or, whatever. Or thank you for the props. Like yes, thank you, thank you so much. We're on our way. What you know. But she didn't. She just looked at me and kept walking. And that was the moment that I was like, huh, all right. I'm no longer a Glee fan. Not because of, like, any of the other characters, but simply just because she was, like, not very nice. And in a moment of, like, someone could exert an ounce of kindness, she exerted literally nothing to make me look she like. She couldn't be bothered. No, couldn't be bothered. And it made me look like. Do I even know what I'm talking about? Like, is that actually Do I look like Stan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, But here's the thing. You told me that story, and I was like, oh, fuck her. And at that point, I, I had already performed my first show in drag. And my first drag show was her cover of Don't Rain On My Parade. Oh, that is actually, like, an amazing song. And I do have that downloaded on my first iPod ever. But... But I continued watching the show because I loved Naya Rivera mm-hmm. so much. and She was like the spicy stepsister of Leah, I yeah. feel. I feel like if Leah was not there, Naya would have been the star of the show. Yes. And oh my God, Ryan. So I didn't realize until I started looking back into Glee, there was another main character, the blonde girl. Quinn. Yes. Diana Agron, I believe her. But was she only in... I, like, She's this the is one like really who got going... pregnant, and then she left for a little bit, and then came back with, like, the tramp stamp. But sh- did she have the baby, or, She like... had the baby, and it was adopted by, I believe, Adina Menzel. But it was it Corey's character that, that she had the baby with, or who? No, uh, uh, Mark... Mark Sailing's character, Puck, is the one who was the real father, but they thought that it was Corey because she was like, oh, remember that time we made out the hot tub? I think that you came inside of the hot tub and now I got pregnant. And those two characters have also passed away, too. Yeah. Um, So there's a full... That love triangle actually is all deceased in real life. Well, except for the... She's not, she hasn't passed the blonde. Uh, Diana Agron? No, wait, no, no, you're right. I misspoke again. No, it's okay. No, I'm just making sure. Because I was looking back at no, photos. No, Diana's fine. But I, I know that uh, Naya Rivera's character, Santana, definitely had relationships with yes. both Finn and uh, Puck as well. Yes. And, uh, I mean, all, like, amazing uh, you know, like, characters and, like, the acting, the singing, the dancing, just everything, like, you exuded this confidence and it was just, like, a next-level, like, thing growing up, being in the arts for both of us and so many other people out there that they were, like, so confident to, like, come out or to go out for that role or to be, like, oh, well, she did it, so so can I, or, like, I can be seen as cool being a part of theater and it's not going to be, like, you know, a big thing if I want to, or for men, if I want to dance or if I want to sing or if I want to act, like it's totally okay. Do it. But unfortunately the cast took like a very dramatic like turn in real life. Um, 
and three of like the main cast members that we mentioned earlier have passed away, but most recently, Naya Rivera. And I did, um, I know this is a little post-fact because we have it on our little summer. Fake is super summer, summer drink, please, special to Naya and to all of these characters. But um, we've been on a little hiatus, so this information is probably a little old, but I did love to see that like, Mostly the remaining cast, like, returned back to that lake that she passed away at, Naya Rivera. Oh, wait, really? So they were, I think I sent you the sling. So the cast went to the oh, lake and they, like, Amber were Amber Riley and the, all yeah. of them were there. Yes, yes, yes. they were, like, holding hands. And I don't know. It just was, like, a moment of, regardless of, like, people's egos and careers and things that may have happened, like, they all came together for their castmate and friend sister you know like the love of I feel like when you're a part of a show like that that's x amount of years in the making it's like you just drop everything and I think Leah Michelle was actually there too because she posted a photo on the back of like either a boat or the back of like something at the lake so I think she was like also a part of it so for like a little bit of like extra backstory her she took her son who's mm. about four years old to this naya lake. rivera we're talking about naya, naya rivera to southern california somewhere and the last thing that her four-year-old son remembers was she got me onto the boat and she didn't come onto the boat so she definitely, like, drowned. There was definitely, like, currents. It was just her and the son on the boat that she rented with just the two of them. And I know that I've seen conspiracy theories on Instagram, like, oh, no, she was murdered, blah, blah. No, she literally just drowned as far as mm-hmm. we know, and that's sad. And, like, the toxicology and, like, reports came out, like, she was just buried. Like, it, it's sad that, like, she had... Passed away, like, within a few minutes mm-hmm. with, of drowning. So uh, I just feel like... And she wasn't found in the water for about 10 days or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I... I think ultimately what both Gina and I want to say is it's a talent that is lost and truly missed. Yes. Uh, one of her songs, Sorry Not Sorry, is one of my favorite songs done by a Glee cast member that's not a part of the show. And her verse in Light Up the World in season two or three of um, Glee when they were all writing their own songs and she wrote Trouty Mouth about the blonde guy with the huge lips... Oh, my God. But I would love to play um, her version of Smooth Criminal right now. Yes. Wait, can I mention one thing? Go ahead. Before you play that, um, she sang this song, and this is like a country song by the band Perry, but there's a lyric in this song, If I Die Young, that says, like, lay me down in a bed of roses, sink me in the river at dawn, send me away with the words of a love a love song. And I, yeah, I feel like that song is, like, played a lot at, like, funerals or, or wakes or just, I remember in high school or maybe it was, like, college when that became um, 
popular. I'm trying to look up. Oh, that was in 2013 when she sang that. Wow. So, yeah, there that was some time ago, but I feel like those lyrics, for her to sing that cover, I don't know what time she passed or anything like that, but the fact that she literally died or passed away in a river and... Or like, a lake. Or a lake, and, like, people came to see her, and, like, it just... It's just very symbolic, because she did die young, um, but she did save her son and try, you know, like her last moments to lead him to safety and a life of fulfillment. Yeah, exactly. But let's remember like another happy moment from her. Uh, one of the happiest moments for me is there's a line that she says in Glee that's, um, uh, uh, they're so gay, they're spitting purses or something <laughs> along the lines. And I remember that like her and Brittany or her and somebody are at this uh, booth at like a diner and she's like, oh, they're so gay. They're spitting out purses. I love that. I want to use that. And we're just going to play about a minute or so of this. Uh, yes, let's do it. Song which is my favorite cover of Naya Rivera, and it's Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. Woo! And we are going to go ahead and possibly sing to it. Oh, uh, we are this possibly is news going to me. To, it is news because this is your surprise track of the week, darling. Struck by a smooth criminal. Wow. 
Well. Well, I must say. I hope you enjoyed that. That if was a real surprise. I understand. However. If you're still here with us. Here we are for our food and drink talk. And uh, I don't think that we have any drinks to talk about. But we've both encountered shows. Yes. Oh, my that gosh. That are all related about food and I'll go ahead and start. Yeah. The show that I recommend for you guys is a Netflix original called The Final Table. Ooh. And what The Final Table is is it's 24 contestants from different countries and each team is comprised of friends from different countries. So like one of the uh, countries is Canada and USA. Mm-hmm. One of the countries is uh, m- I, New Zealand and India. Oh, wow. And there's only one, and I forget the what country it is, that they're both from the same location. But the first nine episodes, these 12 teams, they go into this huge kitchen and each episode is based about a different country. So, for America, for example, the two teams, uh, or the, the two people in a team, they both have to collaborate on a Thanksgiving dish. And then if they were to go to the bottom three or two teams to remain in the competition they have to make an ingredient they have to make a dish out of one ingredient and for USA it was pumpkin oh uh, basic bitches unite basic bitches unite so uh, for example the Mexico episode they all had to make different tacos and then whoever was in the bottom they had to do cactus so it's always like all of the teams that are still there are going to do one dish. Yeah. And then if they happen to not impress the judges, and the judges the for the first challenge are a culinary expert and two celebrities from that respective company, country. So are, like, the celebrities anyone, like, we would have known I didn't know any of them except for the uh, America Week where, uh, who's the one that uh, Kristen, uh, uh, star of The Good Place. Oh, uh, Kristen Bell. Uh, What's her husband's name? Oh, uh, (laughs) so Kristen Bell's husband and somebody else was like the judge along with like an American, uh, that's fun. And then uh, 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 they were both. Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard. Yes. Him and somebody else were with one of the American like food critics. Mm-hmm. And then if they were to go to the bottom two, they went to like somebody who's like has several Michelin stars and is judging the final meal. And it was really cool to see because I love competition shows and. 
one of the most fascinating things is the final episode. You go into it as two teams, but all of a sudden, those two teams aren't a team anymore, and they have to compete for themselves only. Oh. So they made it to the finals by themselves, but then they have Did to, Did they like, know that they had to, like, be stripped of their team, or...? I hope so. If not, um... Either way, I'm happy with who the winner is. Do you think that you would be better in a team-like atmosphere or by yourself? By myself. Okay. 100%. So would you fake it till you made it so that you could finally be by yourself in the end if you were to make it that far? No, because I would fully utilize my partner for every skill that they have. Like, uh, one of the teams, it's a Canadian guy. Mm -hmm with an American guy and okay. the American guy actually trained at the French laundry. Nice. And he has his own restaurant that's similar to that. But his partner is from Canada but trained in Japan, so they won the Japan week. Yeah. Because he knew how to do all of the sashimis and the sushis mm -hmm. and the tempuras and the everything that was just traditionally Japanese. I feel like it would be, like, super hurtful if, like, well, you're, like, Italian and it was, like, Italy week or Sicilian week or whatever, and then you lose that week to somebody that's been trained from... Somebody got eliminated during the week that they were... Yeah, I feel like that would be so, yeah. like, crazy and hurtful and But insane. it's either because they played it too safe or they weren't creative enough. Because mm, so they were just the doing thing. their normal thing. And I think that the... And the final episode that I just watched last night, actually, they... The final judges were all of the nine Michelin star chefs that judged the That's cool. elimination episode. And the last episode, every single judge had their signature dish brought out to them, and they had to just execute their signature dish. And I was talking to my partner, Sebastian, last night, and I was like, I think I would do, like, a really cool macaroni and cheese. And he mm -hmm. was like, that's simple, but it's also probably something that no nobody would ever think of because you just want to go above and beyond. But it's like, show them what you can do simply yeah. but effectively. Yeah. But that's hard because then you're like – Am I playing it safe? Or is this creative? Or can I make this creative? Which you do. You make mac and cheese creatively. I've never made it the same two times. What do you think your most creative mac and cheese has been? You mm. made like a chicken, not a tiki masala. You made like a pat, what was it? Like a Thai or Indian I've mac and cheese? I've made so many, but the one that comes to mind most is the one where I did a... Uh, tamale macaroni and cheese where I actually Yum. did um, pepper jack and butternut squash ravioli uh, tamales that I sliced up that I curated from a restaurant Yeah, and then I ended up doing a pepper jack roux and cheese sauce and did it with uh, shells, and so, like, in each bite, there was a little tiny bit of tamale. Love. With the 
pasta and the cheese sauce as you're eating it. And there was, of course, bell peppers and jalapenos and um, corn and... At San Home Meals on Instagram, y'all. Onions (laughs) and garlic and ginger and everything was just together perfectly. So that was one of my favorite ones because I feel like, especially from being from California... It would be a part of the cuisine that I would present on the show because California is heavily influenced by Mexico because we used to be, we we were Mexico Mm -hmm. 150 years ago. And a lot of those flavors have trickled down to California cuisine. That sounds so delicious. And I would probably put a... uh, just to make it extra, I would put half of a sliced avocado on top of it with some everything but the bagel seasoning. Mm. Isn't there like an everything but the elote seasoning now? Yes, and it's very, very good. I believe it's <laughs> like Parmesan cheese grated, but um, I've been ordering all of my food online grocery-wise, and Trader Joe's does not have that. So if what? you're listening, Trader Joe's, let me know because I've been waiting to order some elote seasoning. Well, there you have it. And you can find it on Amazon, but it's literally $3 in store and $22 on Amazon. 22 22 That's a little ridiculous. I know, right? But love you good old TJ's. And then... As for the drink that I would serve with that, you know, I'd probably just serve a traditional margarita. I feel like nothing beats, like, an at-home marg. Mm-mm. Made at home. But I feel like I would never say that if we weren't in this, like, quarantine. So maybe there's a few things that have, like, really went positively during this pandemic besides the obvious. <laughs> but staying at home, like, cooking and drinking... No better bar and restaurant in town. If you live with a good cook, which Ryan, I do not live with, but I know he's a good cook and always spoils me, but Corey's also, he's been doing some good things. I'm going to make her a tuna casserole after we finish. (laughs) um, Because tuna's my fave. Yep, it literally is. Uh, Gina, I I have to know, have you been watching any... Food shows? Yes. So there's a new show on, I believe it's Hulu, called Taste the Nation. And it is honestly so fun. So I'm not, like, really a big food show person. Um, Everyone really around me is a good cook. I am not. Like, my dad, like we mentioned earlier, is a great cook. Um, My fiancé has been really, like, throwing it down in the kitchen. Ryan's a good cook. But I'm not really into, like, food shows. I never really have been. I do love the occasional Chopped. Um, I love, like, Guy's Grocery Store. Like, I, I don't know. I love Guy's Grocery Store. It's so fun, store. right? Yeah. I love, like, Far Rescue. There's certain shows that I, like, I love, but I never really get into them. It's always, like, an off-one off basis. But Taste the Nation on Hulu. Padma. Lakshmi? Lakshmi, yes. Yes. Um, So I believe she was on... She was on Top Chef. She's the host, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And she's been on Chop. Like, she's been on a lot of, like, Food Network top shows. Um, And she's amazing. She's beautiful. 
she used to be a model, but she's like a great chef, cook, like just host um, person overall. She has a daughter. Anyways, but the show is super cool because it basically follows her traveling across like the country and it's mainly like in the U.S. to find like places that serve cuisine that's based off of like a specific flair from like for example Thai cuisine. She was a daughter of an immigrant and she follows like stories of cultures of basically immigrants coming to America and where they've been placed or where their food has been most popular. So for example, there was an episode in Las Vegas about Thai food, which was super interesting to me because I never thought that Thai food could be relevant in Las Vegas. And I feel like probably a lot of like viewers didn't think that or know that either, but she goes through like, not only like what is Thai cuisine? What is Pad Thai? Why is Pad Thai so Americanized? And she goes through each culture and cuisine and she discusses like, okay, what is the Thai culture? What are Thai immigrants? Like what is like the relevance of like a Thai immigrant coming to America and like, I just feel like overall from what I've seen, it's super interesting as like a white, a white woman to literally be like, okay, I know nothing other than the Thai American or the Chinese American or the Italian American cuisine. And she takes it a step further to show that like, these immigrants who came to America came with these recipes, these stories, this knowledge of food and family and culture, but had to adapt to where they were living, what they were serving. So they couldn't really make the dishes that they probably really wanted to, or they learned to make because they had to adapt to like, what is America? What is white America? What are people going to buy? What are people going to eat? Um, so really explores, like, for Thai, it's Pad Thai, we most know. Um, and for, like, Mexican-American, it's, like, the burrito. Um, and it's, like, looking at how can we really relate to what is the real, the real food, the real culture, Besides, like, eating a burrito, pad thai, um, a kebab, uh, a hot dog. There was one episode about, like, she goes to Germany, and then it's, like, all about, like, sausages and hot dogs. And it just, like, resonates to a, a whole other level of, like, you know, like, we're Italian, but, like, Italian-American. So, like, mm-hmm. people look to, people look to, like spaghetti and meatballs or you know like there's so much more to being Italian than that I'm sure you'll probably think the same thing and many of you listeners are going to think the same thing like Chinese American was like one of the best episodes it was filmed in San Francisco they went to Chinatown um and they went to like a couple of places that like explored chop suey and chop suey was never something that anyone really wanted to cook because it's like a hodgepodge of just like anything really you have around. Yeah. Um, but 
what was learned like over time is that like these immigrants that came over could not really cook the things that they were used to making. Um, so they had to like adapt and form to unfortunately like America and what is white American? What are they eating? And like, to me, I feel like that's like, in a way it's very like sad and weird. It's like you're thinking from the outside in like, gosh, like all of these amazing like people who have like migrated to America had to like conform to us, like conform yeah. to like what would sell, what would be mainstream, what's like easy, what's convenient. Um, but in a different way, it also looks at like, I don't know, I look at Italian cause that's like what I can think of my dad making when he was like younger with his like parents and it's just like things that like they were poor and so like what did they have they had bread they had tomatoes they had they can make tomato sauce they could dip it they can make like you know like x y and z and i think when you look at each culture when you're young and you're poor like what are you making and it's somehow like all reigns true to like what we eat today like pasta and sauce pizza hot dogs um but then like also noodles. look at the way that your dad and i of course it's a definite generational gap but we were both able to take what we learned from and make it our own and just yes. make it something special yes and i think that's like the beauty of the show and yeah and food and learning like i think the cool thing about the show is that you're learning like about a different cultures but like what makes them so unique and how did they adapt like why why did they adapt which is like i feel like a given of why people have to adapt i feel like white people had to adapt in terms of food especially when they immigrated to uh the united states was the fact that they needed to adapt to what the resources were. Yes. So that's how fusion culture and feud has mm -hmm. in food has become so prominent. Yeah. And I just, I love her. She's so good. She's so like cool and hip. She's kind of like the female Anthony Bourdain. Um, I love that. Like she doesn't like, Rest she's not like, yes, she's not like, um, like super gritty and like, real as he was but I feel like she if she had another show maybe she could like get there but I love like learning about different cultures but I really love learning about different cultures like the Thai Vegas episode there's also like a Persian cuisine and LA episode and it's like you never would think that these places would be known for having like LA Persian food does not ring true to me but at the no. same time like there's a story behind it like thai and um vegas like uh chinese food and uh, san francisco so it's cool to think like we have a chinatown but like why do we have a chinatown like what's the story behind it why are why why do towns like or cities have towns that are like specialized in specific foods like it's just things yeah. that like we all don't think about, but, um, one place in the, like, San Francisco Chinese food episode or Chinese American episode was Mr. Jews that I've never gone to before, but he's, like, super popular, um, on, like, all food shows, and especially Vice. I don't know if you watch Vice or... 
listen to what like... I've seen on Vice is that you and Corey showed me like the Vice cooking with cannabis. Oh yes, yeah. that's a fun one. But yeah, Mr. Cheese is just like unfortunately like showed a moment of like quarantine and COVID and like how everything's affecting restaurants, but just shameless plug. I want to try Mr. Juice in Chinatown because Chinatown, I guess, just reopened in San Let's Francisco. So I, I think we like... should do like a day where we go out and just like all of these places, who knows, like if they're going to stay open or like be open in a year from now. But I've like seen these like quotes um, online through like a lot of these like restauranteurs who are just like, we have to reinvent restaurants cooking and food in this like covid central like 2020 to 2021 in the future and then we'll live react to mr chose mm, mm-hmm. yes so we should do that we should tag like her and the show and just kind of like reenact the places that she went went to she went to this one place she said it has the best dim sum in all of Chinatown in San Francisco. Ugh. And the woman that owns it, or the like one of the family owners, is a hundred years old. And she oh, literally is like beautiful. She's like drinking champagne. She's talking about food and the culture and like her family and like how like the restaurant became to what it is today. And I'm like, she's a hundred years old and she's able to like just talk and celebrate food and life. And I'm like I could see us being like that, mm-hmm. and I hope we do become that. But anyways, I just think it's – if you guys have nothing else better to do than watch shows about food, which I think is, like, super fun, and I'm now, like, becoming a fan of food shows, um, Taste the Nation. Try it out on Hulu. And if – you finished Taste the Nation, go ahead and try out The Final Table on yes. Netflix. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, next up, we have a surprise song mm. that we are going to let your ears be the judge of. Ooh. We'll see you soon.
I really, really hope you all enjoyed that song by Lady Gaga. Please stream Chromatica. And if you are a cat lover and want to stream Catmatica by Alaska Thunderfuck. So good because I am a cat enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And An owner and lover. Gina hadn't heard the album, but then she was still like, <laughs> oh, I love this full parody. I love and it. And I have no clue what any of the songs are parodying, but... Uh, All I know is Fancy Feast, if you're a cat <laughs> owner, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Makes an appearance. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but as for our next episode, we are going to continue next week with our regular season of TVB's podcast, and we're also going to continue with our official episode seven of Bees Buzz. Um, and I feel like it's appropriate to announce what our next yes. main episode Let is going the to be. Low. And it is about feud, Woo-hoo. which is the Ryan Murphy original series on FX about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford on the set of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane as they go through their feud. And as Judy Davis, uh, no, I'm sorry, as Catherine Zeta-Jones as um, Olivia de Havilland, who just passed away at the age of 103, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, she said, feuds are not about hate. Feuds are about pain. Mm, we're and, going to be exploring all that. And there's a scene that I will explain in the episode that perfectly encapsulates what they felt about each other. So we're going to be uh, exploring another... Ryan Murphy-led... Our good old friend. Hollywood drama, and I think this Even is Even though our... Ryan will not let it go that I once really talked shit about him. You did. Um, and it's true. I was for... What was it from? American Horror Story? Was it Scream Queens? Uh... You, you, you've had harsh criticisms about almost everything that he's done from, uh... Mm-hmm. From, uh... Nip Tuck, and I'm sure. Oh, but Nip Tuck was a favorite. But I'm sure that. Start everything. But I'm sure that you're gonna have something to say about Ratchet <laughs> as well when it comes out. Oh my September. God, you guys! We are gonna post this, or maybe a clip from the new season coming soon. Well, I feel like when we do our like October four weeks yes. of Halloween thing, I feel like because it's like. Are we going to be in a quarantine Halloween? Probably. Quarantine Halloween? Yeah, it kind of rhymes, so why not? Yes. Well, we should meet... Okay. The last few Halloweens, Ryan has come over and handed out candy or just come over during Halloween, and we've, like, done karaoke at the local bar down the street. Um, We've also gotten really spooky and done makeup and, like, also went to the local bar down the street. And we've had so much fun, and it's going to be a little bit different of a Halloween, but I feel like we should still keep the tradition, do our pod, probably not hand out candy, but still get spooky. Yeah. But uh, as we've kind of previewed over the past couple of Bees Buzzes episodes, we're definitely doing a month dedicated oh, to yeah. Halloween, and it'll actually coincide with the finale of season two, which we are officially halfway through right now. So 
high five on that. High five to us. We just high fived in real time. We did. Um, We've uh, quarantined by ourselves for the past two weeks aside from our jobs. He's been at work and he's been to a casino. I've been to a wedding. And we've been like, well, quarantining as much as we can. Um, and one other thing that I do want to mention is that, uh, of course, spoiler alert, here we are, TVB's Super Summer Special episode, and the top headlines are still a thing (laughs) that we're going to talk about where we get a little bit political yes well mine's not so political it's more just like what this the, time what the f did i actually just read on instagram so ryan bring that up for me you guys i'm sorry i can't get too like mine's very pg but i was on instagram and legitimately saw this and i couldn't help think what the actual f so my headline is disney world's Splash Mountain Boat sinks in viral Twitter video. Guest claims they were told to remain inside. Seats were reportedly submerged at the log flume ride at Magic Kingdom. So, no, I did not read the article, as we're not supposed to do in this segment. But you guys, come on. Like, we're in a quarantine. If we're going to Disneyland right now, Disney World, Disney anything, like, good for you, A. And B, the fact that you're not only out there wearing a mask because they're super strict right now, like where you have to like legitimately like wear a mask, kind of like how during this phase that we're in, if you're at an outdoor restaurant or like outdoor bar that serves food, you have Mm -hmm. to like wear a mask if you're not eating or drinking and you're just talking. But I know like Disneyland and World is like super strict on that. But if you're already subjecting yourself and your family to going there, wearing these masks, and then you're on, I mean, come on, Slash Mountain is, like, iconic. And then all of a sudden, you're like, hey, Ryan, I feel like my toes are getting a little wet. Hey, do you feel like we're capsizing a little bit? Because I think that I'm sinking. And I really kind of wish it was in Pirates of the Caribbean, because that would be epic. Um, (laughs) like the fact that it's on Splash Mountain whatever I think everyone is fine and I think the ride's like now open again but I do this brings me to one other thing about Disney World and land is that they came out with this like commercial during um quarantine that legitimately reminds me of like a Black Mirror episode where it's like come back we're here and everyone's wearing a mask like all of the mascots, like, just, like, all of the workers, and it's so creepy. It's, like, get out mixed with Black Mira, mm. and you're just kind of, like, what the actual F? Because this is going to be a future Black Mira episode, for sure. Oh, for sure. But we're living it right now. But the fact that, like, you're watching this, and maybe we can, I'll find this, like, commercial Um, But someone did a parody on the commercial, and it's actually really scary (laughs) Um, to me. And it's just, like, if you're looking at, like, one of your favorite, like, idols or icons, and they're wearing a mask, and they're like, please come back. Please see us. It's like, um, 
I will probably pass. Yeah. But in this, yeah. like, mockery of the commercial, this, like, person, like, basically, like, redid all the audio. And it's like, please don't come back. I have a family at home. And it's, like, all these really weird things that, like, each of the mascots and, like, each of, like, the characters uh. and, like, people are saying. And you're just like, what? I just want to go to Disneyland. But... If you're going to Disney World, just make sure and Splash Mountain you wear a life vest. So I've only ridden Splash Mountain one time, and I had my eyes closed the entire time. There's actually a picture of myself that's on my Facebook that was recently Oh my god. Wait, why did you deactivate your Facebook? Um, maybe about a month ago. I mean, not why. I feel like I already know that answer, but... I simply didn't want to deal with the notifications, and I also wanted to see who remembered my birthday, to be completely petty with you. Did you... Okay, so did your, like, test pass the course of who you thought would wish you happy birthday, or, Mm -hmm. like, how did... Absolutely. It was specifically less than 10 people. Okay. And they were the 10 people that I had expected, and this was just kind of like a... Who am I going to get that text from Mm -hmm. one day a year? Yeah. And then, like, those 10 to 15 people just texted me, and I was just like, "Mm, I see you. Thank you. Okay. Was there, okay, secondary question, was there any surprises of people who you thought would not or who you thought would but didn't? Who would but didn't, yes. The other way around, no. I predicted who was going to text me. I always think it's And like, that doesn't mean that it's less love than anything else. Yeah. Some people aren't good at dates. Yeah. But I was just kind of like, I want to see who's just going to... Who's just going to say something without being reminded of it. And I will say that people that I'm not very close with, I literally rely on Facebook to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool, it's, like, so-and-so's birthday. I guess I'll just, like, put HBD, exclamation point. But I think that's very, like, interesting where we're in this culture of relying on a social media program But here's the funny thing. I have more family than friends, but more friends remember than family. Yeah, I feel like that's always the case. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. And I was just like, all right, this is my core group. Listeners, I DoorDashed, which is a delivery food service, if you haven't heard of it. Ryan hit an entire meal, which I don't even know if you ever ordered half of those things, but I knew you loved, he loves this, like, chicken Alfredo from this, like, local place, but I didn't know about the other shit. I was just like, oh, I never had either in. of the other two. Did it all come out okay? Because I the garlic bread know. and the spinach salad were both fantastic. And the dressing for the spinach salad, I don't know what it was, but it was very good. Okay. I recommend it. Okay, cool. Because I was like, um, well, because I figured like. It had walnuts, it had onions, yeah. it had everything that I love about a salad. I just didn't, you just never know how things are going to carry. No, it was good. Because when things carry wrong good. and you're delivered it, you're like. Cool. I had a pear and gorgonzola flatbread for lunch that uh, Sebastian and I ordered to oh, yeah, share. Yes, yes. And then you 
got me my favorite Alfredo, and it was just like the best birthday dish ever. Because it was in a weird part of quarantine where I was like, you don't know, you just don't. It was about four weeks ago, and y'all know what happened about four weeks ago. Yeah, shit was going up, down, and all around, but Ryan still got to slurp, so it's all good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, and I slurped those fettuccine noodles so (laughs) happily. Okay, so Um, tell me your uh, headline, because mine was very PG, you guys. All right, so I thought about a couple of different headlines, and the one that I was going to talk about was the Jonathan Swan interview of Donald Trump. And that was today. That was that was today. Okay. He filmed this earlier today, and he completed to make an ass out of a... <sighs> the things that he says are just undeniably oblivion to mm-hmm. anything that's going on. Mind you, he's legitimately, like, not addressing the fact, besides the pandemic, but, like, that half of, like, America is unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, not really returning to work anytime soon. I He doesn't care. I truly feel like he's in this position to simply put the title on his resume. And I don't think he'll But where be is able... he going from here? Nowhere. Exactly. That's my point. Like, I'm going to put my positive headline. Yes. Rihanna, you know how I love her Fenty Beauty line so much? You know what she released last night? Are we switching headlines? Yeah, I'm switching headlines. Okay. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Okay. But wait, what was like the main... Because there was like a quote from that article. That's all I want to know. We won't talk any more about it. But there was one quote that he said that was like infamous from this interview. So the person that interviewed him, I believe he's from England. Mm -hmm. His name is Jonathan Swan. And he revealed the simple secret to exposing Trump's lies. Basic follow-up questions such as how, who, what, where. And... Trump said, right now, I think it's under control. I'll tell you what. And Swan said, how? 1,000 Americans are dying a day. And Trump said, they are dying. That's true. And you have it. It is what it is. But that doesn't mean we, are, we aren't we are doing everything we can. It's under control as much as you can control it. And mm. then as it goes to show the narrative of the article, again, Trump didn't explicitly surrender, but... Swan's basic follow-up, a how, and a single key statistic forced Trump into a de facto surrendo, which is under control as much as you control it, and another revealing remark, it is what it is. So that goes to show where we're at, if you're listening in another country, this is America. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. not by like our liking, but... Here we are. Anyways, I just wanted to, like, know, like, one quote from that because I was, like, super interesting today. So it's a full 35-minute Wow. I feel like it's long for Trump because he's usually, yeah. like, fucking one and done. And he's doing nothing but 
the another article that I read today regarding this interview was that he had done about uh, 17 minutes of content and already told 12 what he would call fake news. Mm-hmm. Well, on a lighter note, tell us about Rihanna, because enough about him. Well, I love Fenty Beauty a lot, and last uh, month, on the very last day, July 31st, midnight, she released Fenty Skin. What? Mm-hmm. So she has a skincare line, okay. and she recently, on YouTube, and I highly recommend that you all watch it, because she is gorgeous, bare-faced with this like looking at her right skin now. regimen. Yes, I have Rihanna She is on framed on Ryan's wall. And for the very, very low price of $75, you can get the Total Cleanser Remove-It-All Cleanser, which is what she's been using for the past couple of years while she's curated this line. The Fat Water Pore Refining Toner Serum and the Hydrovisor Invisible Moisturizer with SPF 30, which is about <laughs> five SPF <laughs> higher than the normal one that you would find. It is in so the fire. Stores. And she went barefaced. Look at her barefaced. Sam, she out here. And you can watch her full tutorial online. And I think that that is a beautiful thing because you are supporting a black-owned business. Designed by black, uh, a beautiful black woman for every single color out there. And we miss you, Riri. Come back to us. Come back, but thank you for Believe It. I love it. Mm-hmm. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Okay, so I think we know what time it is. It's time for a what quiz? It's time for a game time quiz by BuzzFeed. Ooh! No shameless plug, but if you want to, BuzzFeed, we're out here. So, the quiz that we've chosen for tonight is uh, by Christopher Hudspeth, and it was... Posted today on the 4th of August, and it is entitled, Everyone's Aura Has a Color and Holds Deep Meaning. Here's yours. Ooh, I just pulled it up. So we, yes, God. So we are going to have 13 images, and we're going to have a sliding scale on how amazing to eerie it is. And we're going to take as much time as we need. We might need to talk about our answers. And I think that we're ready. And I think that the first image, it almost looks like we are looking from the moon at the earth. And I think that that's amazing. I put amazing as well. Yeah. What is this? I think it's a crystal on flames. Crystal and flames. I put uh, hot. I'm keeping it at neutral because it's ice on fire. Uh, um, art or vandalism? I feel like it's art. I put vandalism. Mm. 
I put peaceful. I'm the cabin in the woods with the lights on. I'm putting it at twenty five percent scary. Oh my gosh. The next one, feet over a ledge. It dangerous all the dangerous. way. Dangerous. All the way. I don't want that. Um Deer crossing with what looks like an angelic horned animal. I am like that is somewhat curious. Oh my god, same. Yeah, same. We're right in between neutral and curious, y'all. All right. Um, next one for romantic. Yeah, I'm gonna do all the way romantic. That's it's a novel opened with flowers. Oh. Because that's a beautiful thought. You know, like your lover leaves your book that you've been reading open to the most romantic page, and then they yeah. put a flower on top. Uh, mind but you, my bookmark. Dang, this is obnoxious. My bookmark is Ryan's face from a life touch photo when he was in what grade? Eighth. Eighth grade. So that's my bookmark. My bookmark <laughs> is actually just like the sleeve, you know. But the, if you were to, what if I put rosemary in your book? Well, you better dry it for me first. I'm not trying to do that. Um, this whole girl in the shopping cart is I nothing said fun. but obnoxious. Oh my god, I said fun. No, that's obnoxious. I would hate her, especially in these times. Oh. I said hopeful. This is hopeful. Hundred percent hopeful. One colored balloon and a, a bag of dolls. Um, I said cute. I said a, the cat astronaut. The cat astronaut. How is that sad, though? I mean, it's just like a parody, right? No, like it's cute, but it's... When you think about it realistically, that's... I would never want Tonka out there by herself. I think it's more just like... Whatever. It's whatever. Um, oh, nostalgic. This picture, nostalgic. 100% nostalgic. It's just looking back. Oh, honorable. 100%. I said, yeah, same. I'm going to leave that one at neutral because I'm not sure if a multi I would love looking but at I a multicolored. Really going on. I feel like it's a multicolored apocalypse and you might be the last person at the end of the mm. pacific ocean and we might be on other ends of the ocean and i would rather have it be your dream i than got my, my nightmare. favorite color okay did you leave it at neutral i left it well? at neutral because i didn't really understand <gasps> oh my god we both got the same color okay so you want to uh, read it i think you should it's okay. your real well favorite. purple is my favorite color so we both got purple. What an incredible mind you have. You have a very active imagination and you're quite the dreamer. Whether that means staring off and imagining detailed scenarios in the middle of the day or thinking of brilliant, innovative things that are ahead of their, of their time, your wisdom is something special and you shouldn't be afraid to share it. Oh, I think that I'm actually like kind that. of describes the both of us. So, once again, the title is Everyone's Aura Has a Color That Holds Deep Meaning. And we are purple. We I kind of dig it. Usually uh, I'm like, ugh, about some of these quizzes, but... This is, this was a good one. I, I was hoping to get orange because it's my favorite color, but I'm really happy with this description. That's and I'm really happy mind. that me and Gigi are simpatico. Yes, we are both incredible minds. Thank you, BuzzFeed. <laughs> 
Um, you know, this Bees Buzz Super Summer Special has been quite oh, entertaining. Cheers. Summer Special. Summer. Ew, David. Oh, double drink. <laughs> if you're still listening to us, you've made it towards the end of our pod. But we have made this extra long and extra special because, you know, we miss you guys mm-hmm. and we miss each other. And we'll see you next week for... The TVB's podcast of Feud. And you will also see us for Bees Buzz, episode seven of our first season. Woo! And we're we also going to be uh, recapping, a uh, updating you guys on a season that we uh, covered in our first. So, with little else to say, are you... Are you buzzing? I hope that you are. Because if you want to continue buzzing with us. We have one last surprise for you. And if you made it to the end, you are worthy of knowing. If you made it to the end, go ahead and click our link in bio. And you can buy t-shirts amongst other pieces of merchandise of our own line of clothing and miscellaneous goods. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are accessories that are going to make you feel like you are buzzing. And like, bu- buzzing like, like the no bee other. That you are. Yes. Be happy and be buzzing. I Lincoln love bio. you all so much. Thank you so much for letting us be your entertainment for the last. And what did few you say hours. earlier? I loved it, Ryan. You were like, Back that buzz up. Or, like, what it... Back that... You said back that bees? Either way, it all... Either way, it all deduces down to be buzzing. Be buzzing and back it up. Back that buzz up. Back that buzz up. (laughs) (laughs) Bye now. Love (laughs) y'all. Good night. Say good night, Gigi. Good night, y'all.